This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's with Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. We just watched Lucifer Rise. We're going to heaven, Clarence. <laughs> so on to season five. And this is Monster of the Week, a creepy but necessary podcast where we cover every single episode of this TV show, Supernatural. This week, we are back again with our coverage of Season 5. Chris, how are you today, man? How's life? How's, um, how's the world? You know, other than the fact that the, that Lucifer is risen and the apocalypse is coming, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm pretty good. Um, Head down, working hard, uh, just trying to just trying to earn yeah. those retirement dollars, not really worried about what just, Lucifer's doing. You know what? He's not interested in me. I'm not the vessel, you know? Yeah. You're just a so working man. About, you know, you're just trying to get a dollar. I'm just a, I'm just trying to get that. You know, that's what it's all about for me. That bottom, that bottom dollar. You're just, you know? you're just trying bottom to get line, that dollar. Bottom line is that bottom dollar. You're, you're um, no, yeah, you're so no speaks. euro to get out there, are you? <laughs> and try to save the world. No, you're I'm just no, trying to earn a dollar. I'm no euro. You're not euro. Um, speaking of that, speaking of that, if you'd like to support us on Patreon, uh, you can go to Patreon.com/speaking <laughs> of that. Of great, week. good, good. Okay. Uh, you know, speaking of that bottom dollar. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you're interested, we're almost at our second goal, I think. We are. Um, we, mm-hmm. we love and we love all of you who have supported us so far. It means a lot to us, and it lets us keep uh, doing this fun thing. And that's all for me. Uh, see you later, Jeremy. Bye. <laughs> you're done? Okay, I'm going to do the rest of the podcast by myself, so that's, that's no problem. Part of the uh, Patreon rewards is us saying thank you to some of our Patreon members, and uh, we appreciate you, Wayne and Dylan. Thank you very much. I believe this is the Dylan that was on uh, our Season 4 feedback, so... Say hi to Dylan. And uh, I believe Wayne is uh, our good friend, One Side Seven, who has driv- drawn us some cool fan art, which I think you can find on our Facebook page. And if not, I'll definitely make yeah. sure that happens when I'm editing this episode later. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, guys. Thank you, Wayne and Dylan. Chris, uh, let's jump into these two episodes. I'm really excited. Uh, why don't you catch us up, though? I want to hear what's been happening with these boys in season five so far, up till episode nine. Okay. The road so far. All right. The boys are both vessels for the apocalypse. The trickster is actually the archangel Gabriel. Castiel is still looking for God. And Changing Channels is the greatest episode of Supernatural thus far and possibly ever. Paging Dr. Sexy. (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to start off. uh, It's it's unusual that this happens, but we actually have two back-to-back comedy episodes that are both going to end on kind of serious notes. And I... I really like this episode. It's called The Real Ghostbusters, written by Eric Kripke mm-hmm. and Nancy Weiner, directed by James L. Conway, released on November 12th, 2009. That was the day before my 29th birthday, Chris, just to let you know where wow. I was. Sam and Dean wow. are tricked into attending a supernatural convention where fans dress up as the brothers, but the entertaining event is soon disrupted by a ghost. Amen. K- kind of a... <laughs> Kind of not a great uh, synopsis there. I think I don't. No, it kind of no. gives it gives everything away without telling you anything. Is the is the problem with it? They're never good at at these synopses, but here we are. Here we sit, season five. Mm-hmm. 
if there's one thing that's going to suffer, I'm, I'm glad that it's just the synopses and not, you know, the episodes themselves. Yeah, the episodes themselves are continually being extremely good. So we just got off, we're just coming off the best episode of Supernatural ever. Uh, listeners may remember last week's episode, Ch- Changing Channels, where the boys pretended to be in a sitcom. They pretend, had to pretend to be in a commercial uh, advertising a, was it Herpexia? That would cure, them, cure, cure themselves of uh, genital herpes. They were in a game show called The Nutcracker. Like, it was just amazing. And then, on top of all of that funny, they tied it into the main plot by revealing that the trickster is an archangel and wants them to say yes to their respective uh, vessel holders? Vessel... I don't know. I don't know what you would call that. Um, but then they go right into this, the real Ghostbusters, which, as the... Uh, summary said is kind of a parody of a supernatural t- like convention and uh i think this is extremely good yeah and this one definitely feels the most like a monster of the week right because uh the one obviously changing channels dealt with gabriel and the archangels and all that and it was a great episode but the one before that where uh or dean accidentally becomes an old man at least that deals with bobby you know that's still got some really strong character stuff this is just like it's like a step back. It's like a shift in perspective. Um, the boys still have some like good character moments, but it's pretty much just like a fun ride with very little consequence to it. Yeah, this this is really fun. Uh, it doesn't really deal with our, our meta plot at, at all. We get a little bit of Sam and Dean development, which is something that's been happening all season since the very beginning of season five. They were um, Sam has been Sam and Dean have been trying to kind of reground themselves as a team, right? Like they want to. They right. they've been a pair since season one uh but they over the last couple of seasons especially with sam drifting into demon blood territory dean drifting into homoerotic subtext territory they haven't really worked together as a as a team like they've they're trying to figure all of that out so we get a little bit of that but mostly like we just get a lot of good gags we get a lot of good goofs and uh and we Mm -hmm. get a pretty solid monster of the week too like i kind of like the the little twist that this takes uh with in the form of the ghost children and i I have nothing to complain about in this episode. No, same. Um, and, and we'll get into it as we go, but I actually really, this time watching the show, uh, was happy with the way that they portrayed the fans. Um, before, you know, when they, they showed Becky the first time, I think you had some issues with it just seeming like they were kind of making fun of her. And, and that is sort of the case. Mm-hmm. I think it's all in good fun, but it could be taken as mean spirited in a way. Um, but this one, it, it, it sort of paints the fans in a heroic light almost, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, uh, but we'll get to that. We will get to that uh, before we get to get too far into it. I'm gonna I'm gonna buck the format of the show real quick. Uh, I'm gonna read I'm gonna read you some trivia right now. Are you Are you ready? Excellent. Okay. So sure. the episode the the name of the episode is the Real Ghostbusters. Correct. And uh, yeah. uh, and the note on the wiki page um, just has a note about that, and it says that it's referencing the cartoon series of the same name based from the movie Ghostbusters. So, in case you were in case you were curious where the name came from, the wiki is there to explain every single possible joke to you. In case you were the one person, the who one just person for that some didn't... reason had never heard of the ghost. Jeez, what a man! I really, you know, I really like when when people kill ghosts, but I've never heard of these Ghostbusters before. <laughs> I mean, it's I'm really not saying there's not somebody out there. It's not like, like somebody out there has probably seen Supernatural that has not seen the Ghostbusters. But like, really, Wikipedia? <laughs> anyway, I'm um, really thrown off. I better, I better turn to the Wikipedia to have this explained to me. Sure. 
So let's get into the episode. Uh, we have a we have a previously on our then, uh, which is pretty much just Sam being a dick and explaining everything about the books and Becky. Um, immediately goes into what's happening right now, which is Sam and Dean kind of racing in the Impala to get somewhere. They park. We have a brief moment where Dean realizes there is four more Impalas in the parking lot yeah. before they race up to the front of this hotel where they find Chuck. Listeners, you might remember Chuck as our uh, prophet of the Lord that has been writing a series of books called, guess what, Supernatural, based on the lives of Sam and Dean Winchester that have uh, a, a tremendous online following. Um, and we found out that Chuck has not texted them nine one one life or death. Please come now. But Becky has stolen Chuck's fan, Chuck's phone out of his pants. Yeah, and texted them. Yeah. Um, I, what was she doing with his pants? Th- that's the weird thing about the through line between this episode is like Chuck kind of hitting on on Becky the entire time, and it it resolves extremely well. But it's like Chuck, what are you doing, man? <laughs> like what? what is attractive about this woman to you? Like she's kind of just all in for Sam. Yeah. I don't know. He, uh, I, I, she's just very passionate and I, and, and he appreciates that. But what was she doing in his pants? Was there just maybe some, uh, some physical stuff going on, but he was hoping for like, that emotional connection. I don't know. Yeah. I, I could see, um, like, I have no idea. I, I really don't. I have no idea what's going on with this. I guess it, it really doesn't matter that much. Uh, Becky has, has invited the Winchesters to the first ever Supernatural fan convention. And Chuck just apologizes profusely. He's like, I'm so sorry yeah. for, for everything. They, they enter this hotel and are confronted with uh, people dressed up like Sam and Dean, acting like Sam or Dean, like acting out scenes from the show, which are like, just like, like it's extremely emotional scenes. Like dad yeah. told me that I have to kill you, Sammy. What do you want me to do? Go dark side or something like the Chris, all of this is so fucking good. Those gruff uh, impersonations uh, of the boys are amazing. It's like what we do. I'm going to have to go dark. (laughs) It's just that like gravelly (laughs) Batman voice is perfect. And they're they're all into Think about it. That's really how they talk. Like Jensen Ackles. I don't think he really sounds like this all the time. Um, But that's sometimes how he comes off in the show. Like you're doing a voice. Castiel definitely doing a voice. Oh yeah, absolutely. I was surprised to see not a lot of um, Castiel cosplays here, but uh, we we do get. He didn't make it into the books yet. Oh, that's of course. Why would you have Castiel cosplays right now? You're absolutely right because Mm -hmm. he's not in. Good call, Chris. Good call. Uh, we do see a, get a dude dressed up like the scarecrow. We see a dude dressed up like a Bobby. We see a dude with yellow contacts. We see a, a woman dressed up like Ash, I think, or maybe no, the woman is dressed yeah. up like Bobby. <laughs> and then there's also a dude dressed up like Ash. That's what it is. Um, this is just extremely good, Chris. I, 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 I can't get enough of this. Unlike the previous episode with Becky, where she was kind of made out to be like a, I want to uh, ship these two brothers doing nasty stuff together at morethanbrothers.net, a property of CW to this day, by the way, y'all. I just want to say that out loud. Go to morethanbrothers.net right now. Um, <clears throat> shout outs to morethanpodcasters.net, too. That will that will come to us. True. So, in case we're interested True. in that. Um, they, they don't really make fun of these people too much. Like Dean is kind of exhausted with them and they're kind of surprised with them, but it's played as kind of a good spirited. Like these people are just out there LARPing it and, and having a good time. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's played like, uh, the, the ghost facers 
which are earnest but ridiculous people, which I feel like exactly people that go to fan conventions are kind of earnest but ridiculous, including myself. Like I've been to comic cons. Mm-hmm. I would go to a supernatural convention. I'm hoping to like do that soon, maybe with you and we can live stream the whole deal. No promises. Patreon.com slash monster of the week. That cool. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm just like, I could see that happening. I could see all of this and I, and I, and I dig it a lot. Yeah, this is great. And uh, the panel names, because of course the boys have to go to panels on themselves. Of course, um, are they're they're the perfect names. The first one I think is called uh, "Frightened Little Boy: The Secret Life of Gene." And, um, <laughs> so and of good. course, you have to have uh, the homoerotic subtext of Supernatural. Um, and these are, of course, the most like con panels of all time. Like mm-hmm. they fit in so perfectly, um, and they're the exact things that are going to just set Dean off immediately. Yeah, he's not having a great time with this. And the the looks that the brothers are given to, to one another as this whole thing is progressing. Um, like, the very first question, they bring out Chuck. And the very first question is like, how did you come up with Sam and Dean? And he's like, they just came to me. And they're like, they're just staring him down. Like, really, dude? Like, God literally told you about us and you had no choice to write it down. But you're going you're gonna to milk it for an audience? Okay, fine. I, yeah. I see what you're doing. Uh, and this is where we finally get some questions from the fans which are basically questions that I can only imagine would be on uh, message boards back in 2006 or whatever, mm-hmm. like stuff that people were constantly asking, like, uh, why do Sam and Dean drop their guns all the time? Uh, why don't they use some sort of bungee? Uh, and you can tell, like, Sam and Dean are like, oh, that's actually kind of a good idea. Why didn't Dean give Bobby 26 years instead of 25? <laughs> it's keeping me up at night, you guys. Of course. It's tearing of course. me apart. Um. Yeah, this this is all good. I, I I do like the bungee cord thing because I think we brought that up like way early on, and I had forgotten it was specifically mentioned here. But like, it's something mm-hmm. that like later in the episode, the boys are like, you know what? If I had just had like a little bungee cord, like I wouldn't have lost that big iron <laughs> stick of mine, and I would have been able to defeat yeah. this ghost. Um, there's also the question uh, from Fritz, who is dressed up like the Scory Crew, who's saying like, I don't understand why Sam doesn't immediately get that Ruby's yeah. leading him down like a path, and then Becky just comes out of nowhere. If you don't like the books, don't read them, Fritz. <laughs> like <laughs> the idea, like because you can totally see that two people would in this fandom would know one another from like being online and arguing about this stuff and then meet up at a convention and be like, why are you here? If you don't even like the books, I like them just fine, Becky. I just have problems with them. (laughs) Oh, it's perfect. It's so good. It's really good. Uh, the, the big announcement here though, is that Chuck has funding and is going to start publishing new supernatural books. Um, which obviously pisses Sam and Dean off because you know, it's their lives. So uh, we, yeah. we we cut to a scene where Chuck is buying Becky a yellow-eyed cooler. <laughs> Gotta do it, yeah. <laughs> Which looks very refreshing, I have to say. Like it looks it does. really tasty, it looks delicious. Yeah, I would I would uh, drink probably, probably three or four of those. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you would. Um, they, uh, I, I love that they're immediately just like, okay, no, you're not doing that. Who gave you the right to our life story? And I believe his answer is, well, an archangel, and I didn't want it, but this is all I have. Um. Part of me is like, yeah, okay, I get the soup, the, the Winchesters don't don't want this shit out there. But like, mm-hmm. also, why do they like? Kind of, why do they care? Like, nobody thinks they're real, so like, who gives a shit? I mean, I would probably care if I was them, but still, I'm not. So I kind of don't get why they care so much. Um, but they don't. Yeah, they don't want they don't want Chuck to keep going. But this is all that Chuck has. 
uh, as he explains to them, like, yo, it's the apocalypse. Um, I'm not a good writer, but for some reason, these books are successful. This I have no marketable skills. I have, <laughs> I have yeah. zero marketable skills. <laughs> this is literally all I can do to earn money. Because I think they they straight up asked him, like, why are you doing this? And he's like, uh, for food and shelter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, yeah. Uh, this episode is full of some really good, like, straight up one-liners and some straight up zings. And I... I just like again. We we keep talking about season five being the highlight of the highlight of our show so far, and it really is. Like this is top tier mm-hmm. writing right now. Uh, yeah, the the mythology episodes are the best, and the comedy episodes are the best. Like they're just doing it's just all hands on deck all the time. During this conversation with Chuck, while they were trying to convince him not to, uh, you know, just basically write more tell-alls of Sam and Dean Winchester, they hear a woman scream, and of course, that's like you know catnip to sam and dean so they they rush up <laughs> and they uh they find this woman the only thing more attractive to sam and dean than a screaming woman is a mourning mother <laughs> yo baby are you on fire because i got mama issues that i need to work out <laughs> uh yeah, they, they, they go meet this chick, and um, of course it's just it, uh, parts, it's part of the convention, right? Like, this is just the convention, yeah. um, like, setting up these little mystery things, which, like, I've never been to a Supernatural convention. I very much doubt that they do, like, straight-up Sam and Dean LARPing or anything. Like, that seems kind of cheesy by 2017 standards, yeah. but uh, I can totally get down on some of this. Like, uh, one of our Patreon goals is to actually do kind of a, a, a role-playing game based on um, a series of rules that are kind of adapted from Supernatural or Buffy or whatever. And, like, watching these dudes, like, straight-up role-play and watching these people, like, get, like, real into it kind of made me want to do it, especially since uh, yeah. you, you and I both are kind of high on some Dungeons & Dragons right now. Like, you're, you're, you're obviously, like, doing doing the thing, and I'm just listening to a thing. But, yeah, like, this makes me want to role-play some shit. <laughs> like, I want to kind of get into this. Yeah. And that's exactly what these people are doing, because you see, they, you know, people dressed up as Sam and Dean, with their, again, with the gravelly voices being like, oh, did you hear that? It's so good. Yeah, and then cut to uh, them like walking down to the bar and seeing like like fifteen people all dressed up in FBI suits flash their ID and like the hotel manager being like, "Oh yes, Agents Jaeger," <laughs> and uh, just I forgot the guitarist name, uh, Keith Richards, or whatever. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. just really really good stuff. Like this plays into you being a fan of Supernatural. Like the whole time that you're like, right. "Oh my god, this is so ridiculous." I'm also like, "Yeah, that's me though." <laughs> Like I can see that, which I think is exactly, the, which is the difference between this and the previous episode with just Becky, because like Becky was such a caricature and this feels more in the spirit of the fandom to, to agree, which I think is yeah. going to, going to work out further that th- the episode goes on. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I like what this episode starts to, to do, as I was saying before, it doesn't necessarily start happening right here, but it, I've, I've said before on this podcast many times, I like when they put the boys in the perspective of like being heroes to other people. Um, sometimes they do it well. Sometimes it's just like, okay, they punched a monster again, it, whatever. Um, but showing them amongst all their fans, amongst all these pretenders, um, makes them stand out as like being extra hungry, I guess. Like you really see like, okay, yeah, everybody else is just playing at this shit. Um, but compared to them, especially Sam and Dean, they, they literally look like superheroes. And, th- and this is directly, uh, I guess, uh, spelled out in the show because there's an actress that they've hired to play the form of Letitia, who is a uh, woman uh, mm-hmm. that supposedly haunts this hotel. And later at the bar, at the bar, 
Dean is sitting next to this actress and starts hitting on her and she's and like says something like um I don't remember the line she, he uses but she just looks at him as like you realize I've used that line I've been I've heard that line four or five times tonight and she looks up she's like but not from you <laughs> like instantly yeah, it's like oh, oh shit, shit. <laughs> is that a hunk <laughs> is that a hunk in your pocket or am i happy to see you yeah. um <clears throat> which i think is is really good and and the setup here is also good because you've got these you've got these fake sam and deans and like kind of second rate sam and dean clothes which all still look just enough accurate to like pull off for yeah. everyone to pull yeah. it off um going around and then like a dude actually runs into a ghost right and like is like oh yeah. shit there's a ghost child <laughs> the emf is going nuts as he has his fake emf detector just role-playing alone in the hallway and he's a real ghost <laughs> it's really good all, all of this stuff stuff is great I, I i like this but uh but there's also a real ghost because this dude sees a actual ghost and gets like picked up and thrown around and the boys overhear him relaying this story to the other members of the convention that totally do not believe him. Uh, so they go on a hunt and like bribe this. I love that the boys just bribe people all the time. Chris, yeah. have, have yeah. you ever bribed anybody in your entire life? Be honest. Uh, no, I haven't. I have not. You never slipped somebody $5 and been like, keep it in the front. Or, you know, here, here's a $10 bill, like, show my girl a good time, or get us a good seat, or, or no. whatever. <laughs> no, what? No, I have not. I, I haven't either. I was hoping you would tell me how it works. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> <laughs> I can barely tip someone without, like, tripping all over myself. Like, I can't tip a valet without being like, where do I put the dollar? Where do I put the $5 sure. bill? It's in my hand when I shake, sure. my hand, shake sure. his hand. <laughs> Should have put it in his pocket. He's like, please don't, please don't <laughs> touch here. my pants. Can you can you come here? I can't. I can't quite. Are these pockets zipped? These are weird pants. What are you doing? <laughs> Why are your pockets buttoned? I don't understand. <laughs> don't you want people to tip you? Anyway, um. So, so the uh, our main two like fake Sam and Dean characters that we're going to kind of follow throughout the episode. Um, are like I'm gonna like there's a tall skinny dude and kind of a shorter wider guy. Um, tall skinny dude is playing Sam Ovs, and then you know shorter wider guy is playing Dean. Um, they are walking around and find a ghost, and the ghost is like, "Oh hey, you should check out that painting." And they find like an old map of this thing, and they are geeking out because the shit like so like wow, this looks realistic. This is great. I can't believe they're doing this. Yeah. Um, well, the uh, the the Dean character just keeps insisting that the Sam character stay in character and not like you know, yes, he's just character voice and all this shit. It's just. <laughs> It's, it's, it's ridiculous if it's only me, Chris. It's ridiculous yeah. if it's only me. <laughs> it's all very silly, but it's also all very like knowing and very um it's very warm. Like you don't feel it's not mean at all. And these two characters throughout, you know, the next half an hour or so, whatever we have left in this episode, really start to shine as as fans and as people who who aren't just like emulating Sam and Dean because they think that they're cool, but because they actually they believe in the things that they stand for and that and that becomes you know more clear as we go through but that's my favorite part of this episode is not just how funny it is but how like earnest it is kind of absolutely and the and the payoff with these two is going to be something i think is really interesting and well handled especially compared to whoops just dropping shit all over the place um <laughs> <laughs> something that's going to be well handled compared to how it was how Becky was portrayed in the previous, like kind of fan centric episode. Um, but before that, they, they kind of tip their hand to Sam and Dean because they're, they're in character. Like, 
oh, wow, there's a cemetery over here, like, at the bar. So, of course, Sam and Dean mm-hmm. just walk over to, like, grab the map from their hands. And, like, Dean literally is about to draw down on these fools. <laughs> yeah! He's about to pull a gun! <laughs> I love that Dean like he calls is them- so incredibly frustrated by this entire situation. Yeah. You can tell, like, he is just done. Like, he is just up to fucking here with it. And he's like, I, I, I want to kill this ghost, and I want to fucking go! <laughs> yeah. As much as Dean's, uh attitude i guess is kind of funny throughout the episode it also is playing into a real thing that we get to pretty soon actually we're about to get there right then mm-hmm. um they decide to team up with these cosplayers and they're like fine but we get to be sam and dean um and <laughs> immediately cut to them being like rufus bobby come on so sam and, dean have to <laughs> to rufus and bobby i guess um and they're and they're acting out the scene of you know um oh you're just a good little soldier whatever we saw in the, you know the previously on segment uh, and that's where Dean kind of flips out, and he's just like, "This is not funny. Like, this is, this is their pain is not for your amusement." And like, you know, freaks out on them. He storms off, goes over to the cemetery, whatever. And they're why like, would you well, dude. Sp- specifically like why would you want to pretend to be these people? Like these people live like their their lives are basically a sewer, like just a stream of never even sh- never ending shit and pain and suffering and misery that they have to live. Like I, you have no idea what these boys are going through. And the guy's like, uh, I don't think they care because they're fictional characters. Yeah. Which, <laughs> just the idea of somebody telling Dean that he's a fictional character to his face is pretty good. Um, and all yeah, Sam can say is he takes the story really seriously. He takes seriously. it really seriously. Because <laughs> Sam, for whatever reason, like this doesn't bother Sam that much. And uh, we, we should probably mention, by the way, that throughout all of this, anytime Sam is in the frame and Becky is in the room, she is like grossly trying to hit on this guy. Oh, yeah. Like, at one she point, like, she, she licks, licks her hand her and blows hand. a kiss. <laughs> yeah. What? That's not blowing a kiss. That's what is what is that? I've never seen anybody do that outside of this episode. It's so gross. It's uh it's that's just that's just sexual, Jeremy. It's just that heat that you can't contain, you know what I mean? Sure, yeah. And she's also doing that directly in front of Chuck because the camera kind of yeah. zooms out a little bit and he's like, Good. Great. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Chuck Chuck, yeah. Chuck can't compete with hunks. You know, Chuck's a great guy, but he can't compete with hunks. Can I, uh, can I, can I pitch you on something? I'm so sorry. Sure. I want to apologize in advance. Sure. Go ahead. Chuck the cuck? Jeremy, no. No, <laughs> Jeremy, that's not a, please. No, we shouldn't do that. Okay. <laughs> Jeremy, please. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Chris. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm sorry, everybody listening to the podcast. I apologize. Um, yeah, so... They go to this graveyard, they're ready to yeah. dig up Letitia's bones, mm-hmm, um, because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, nobody has seen the ghost of Letitia Gore, you know, the woman who worked here, uh, who they believe is haunting it. They've only seen the ghost of the little kids, and they believe that she is the one keeping the little kids there. Um, mm-hmm. I believe that they already, the boys already ran into, uh, the ghost of a little kid who looked like he had been scalped. Um, True, yep. But, so they, they, they go to Letitia's grave, they dig her up freak out uh the cosplayers because they're like whoa hold on we're playing a game like why are you digging up bones uh because that's the real deal um but yeah they, they torch the bones of uh of letitia and they think that that pretty much solves it 
I like this scene where, uh, as they're digging up the bones, Letitia actually appears and attacks fake Sam and Dean and, like, is almost about to kill these dudes when Sam, or excuse me, when Dean burns the bones and she, like, yeah. you know, dissolves into fire. As, and they're like, who the fuck are you guys? <laughs> like, how do you know to do this? And they're like, we, we learned it from the books. And buy him a drink at the bar afterwards. Like, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, that's yeah. a good time. And they're like, oh, it is a good time. And they're just like, all right, well, time to go. That's it. We, we figured it out. Um, and then when they get back, they realize that uh, they're locked in, right? Is that when, uh, is that, yeah. So they get locked in and they realize, oh shit, we didn't, we didn't do the right thing. Whatever it was, we didn't do it right. Um, and I think pretty quickly they realize, they talk to the, to the kid with the, with the, the missing scalp. And mm-hmm. um, he, all he keeps saying is, why did you burn her bones? She was keeping away like the other kids. Uh, and this is when Sam and Dean are like, oh shit. Letitia was keeping these ghosts in line, um, these little kids, and and now she's gone, so it's just the little kids. They're the ones who hurt uh, the scalped kid, not not Letitia. She was there protecting the little kid. I mean, even though she she did kill those little boys. Um, But basically, shit's going off, so Sam and Dean are like, okay, well, we have to trap everybody in this conference room and uh, keep them safe. Yeah, which... um luckily enough everybody's already in that conference room to ask uh chuck a bunch of questions and they 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 cut to the scene and he's like well thank you everybody for your intensely probing and personal questions yeah. uh and then sam comes up and is like hey you gotta you gotta spin this out a little longer so he just uh throughout the rest of the episode we're kind of treated to these scenes of chuck just explaining things about his life he's like yeah i lost my virginity to a girl named whatever and uh she spent the rest of the next school year telling people that it didn't count. <laughs> and <laughs> I hope you guys like angels because they're not as lame as they sound. And that's, they're going to be in the next book. <laughs> and uh, my personal favorite is there. Uh, no, there's there's no such thing as a Croatoan virus down there. You should see a doctor. <laughs> go to, to webjg.com and get that checked out immediately. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> this is all, like, all this. I like all, all this of this. Convention yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, Around sometime around here, uh, Hookman, our, our guy uh, Fritz or whatever his name was, uh, mm-hmm. he he gets iced by the ghosts, right? Yeah, he sees these ghosts, and um, it's it's kind of a funny, it's kind of a tongue in cheek moment where he's like, "Oh wow, supernatural with more spooky kids! Like you guys don't even look yeah. like real ghosts." And then he is immediately murdered by all the the actual real ghost yeah. children. So yeah, uh, this um, this plan that they come up with uh, is pretty hilarious. They recruit the actress that was playing Letitia, who, uh, who says that she was a, a waitress at Hooters <laughs> and her, as her day job to, uh, to go and scare the children into behaving so that they can uh, sneak out of the locked in house and then go back to the cemetery and burn all these children's bones to get rid of them. And it almost works. And in fact, we let fake Sam and Dean out, uh, but Sam doesn't quite get out. Uh, and the children are almost believing her before, and the wiki tells me, I didn't recognize this track. Did you recognize the name of the song, by the way? Uh, is it is it Ring, Ring-A-Ling? Because that's all it says over and over again. It is actually Ring-A-Ling by uh, Missy86. Oh I thought, honestly, wow. when, I, when I saw that trivia, I thought that said Missy Elliott, but uh, it says Missy86. You would think it would say Missy Elliott, because <laughs> that's a person anyone has heard of. Missy yeah. 86 I'm not quite familiar with. 
It's um if you google that on if you google that it comes up as a uh, ring a ling parentheses featured in gossip girl so you know where you're at what? is what I'm saying what? <laughs> They used it on multiple CW shows <laughs> Of course they did Oh Was man. it a reference <laughs> I don't look I, I can only read you what the wiki has to offer uh Damn it wiki but, so yeah, this chick's cell phone goes off, completely destroying the the limited believability that she is a ghost. And uh, Dean has to fight these children uh, with you know an iron poker while fake Sam and yeah, Dean. If go. he's not if he's not smacking some monster lady around, he's smacking some monster kids around. It's just what Dean does. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I like the fight scenes in here a lot. Like a, it's a, it's a yeah, lot of the, the boys getting thrown around. Like it's classic supernatural fight scenes. I don't think we need to go into detail with them, but like, if you like your good supernatural fight scene where the boys get thrown into a bookcase, like, yeah, uh, <laughs> I've never bribed anybody and I've never been thrown into a bookcase. So yeah, <laughs> just, just okay, good. We're we're in right the same same we're right in the yeah. same place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, uh, somebody finally gets bored of Chuck's speech and tries to leave, breaking the salt line and letting one of the ghosts in. And uh, Chuck, uh, who has previously said, "Like I'm not a hero, I only do this I'm for not a hero. yeah, yeah uh, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a hero, I can't do this." He rushes over with what I guess is a cast iron microphone stand, which seems like it'd be really, <laughs> really bulky and heavy, but whatever. Uh, and like smashes this ghost, which of course. Gets Becky all hot and bothered. Like she yeah. is, she is it's, into this scene of heroism. Yeah, it's not just about Sam's firm bod; it's his heroics that she's really into. Yeah, like it proving that you know, uh, body isn't everything, right? Like you, you, you can be a heroic guy and just look like Chuck, who is probably one of the better looking men <laughs> around. Yeah, so, seriously, whatever. still like a super good looking dude. <laughs> yeah, just just pales in comparison to the the giantness of Jensen Ackles. Uh, right. Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what happens now. Uh, Sam and Dean are fighting these ghosts. Uh, they're almost to the point of being killed and scalped when uh, fake Sam and Dean finally get, get, light the the Zippo lighter that they were having a problem with and and burn them and save the day. Yes. Um. And as we're wrapping everything up, because you know they burn the ghosts, everybody's saved. Hooray! Huzzah! I just love the idea that. These are these are fans. These are super fans. They go to this convention they met in a supernatural chat chat room. Like they're the real deal. Uh, but through Sam and Dean, through their love for supernatural, they are able to to do something heroic. Uh, and and of course, in this situation, that's like specifically like fighting ghosts, even though they're afraid. Uh, but I just really liked that that very earnest idea of of Sam and Dean's like the message of Sam and Dean. The message that we as viewers take, but that Sam and Dean obviously don't reflect upon themselves, because uh, you know they don't uh, see themselves as characters for an audience. Um, but I love the idea of just like you know the thing you love inspiring you to be a better person, because I think that's like half of what fandom is all about: um, finding something like real that you can hold on to within a thing that you love, and that's what these these guys kind of emulate, you know, or they 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 stand for that thing. Like they they aren't the hunks. They're fans of the hunks, but they're still able to be hunks when it counts. Uh, and I just think that that's really cool that you can look at, you know, we love Supernatural, you and I, uh, and whatever lessons we might learn, even as, you know, grown men who, who aren't in harrowing situations, there's probably something in the back of our heads that has influenced us in some way at some point because of our love for the show. You know what I mean? Yes. And the 
uh, fake Dean explains all of this because um, as they're kind of having this conversation with Dean and he's Dean is saying, you know, you guys, you guys did a real heroic thing. Like I, I said, thank you. I don't even know your real names. They're introduced as uh, Damien and Barnes. And uh, yeah, Damien says like, hey, you actually kind of have like, I don't like no offense, but you kind of have the whole point of the series wrong. Like, yeah, it's it's our lives suck. Like, imagine having a life where you wake up in the everyday and you save the world and you have a brother that would die for you. Like I'm in sales. He sells electronics. Like, it, it's you know, it's nothing special. Like we're we're we pretend to be these people to be special. Um, which is extremely nice. Like, and then, and then they reveal that uh, they're actually more than friends; that they're partners, and that they're a couple. Which it, they don't even like. Like Dean kind of acts a little awkward about it, and like a real white hetero says kind of way. But they don't like. Do you remember in the Ghostfacers episode where they kind of like are encouraging that dude to, you know, pretend that he's in love with the guy that's in love with him or whatever? Like right. they don't do that thing. They just are like, yeah, they're partners and they hold hands and they kind of hug a little bit and that's it. And Dean says like, well, howdy partners. And that's it. Like they don't, yeah. that that's all they do, which is really not, like for 2009, like there's not a high bar in media to, to get over, but yeah. like, yeah. like thank you for not, like, not making it to a big deal or have Dean like, oh, right. or whatever. So Dean, Dean's doing his best to act like a normal person. It was still, it's still Dean here. He's got his machoism he's going to deal with. But yeah, I think all things considered, it was handled pretty well. Um, I think this is, this is could possibly, and uh, maybe some, maybe some, some listeners out there could tell me if they're super fans. Uh, probably the first gay couple that Dean has ever met in his entire life. There's, there's a good chance. Yeah, I mean, other yeah. than his future with Castiel, but yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I like that the people who, who Sam and Dean have inspired in a way, come back to inspire Dean, you know, cause after, after Damien uh, says all this to him, he says, who wouldn't want that? And, and Dean's like, you know what? You got a point. Like there is a lot of misery. He literally was in hell, but in a way it's sort of just like, this is the path that Dean has chosen. He, he lives, his life matters, you know, um, in a way that I think most people don't ever get to feel. And uh, it's cool that he, he steps back and appreciates that because it's almost like it's the wish fulfillment of all these fans who are like, you know, young kids who watch it. Like, I wish I could be a hunter. I wish I could you know be cool like that. And it's Dean acknowledging like, yeah, you know what? This is kind of special. Um, even if it's just as the characters talking to the fandom, it's still kind of cool. It is. And again, like totally a total 180 from the previous Becky episode, like where they were kind of actively making fun of it. So like to see these two dudes that are in love with the idea of Sam and Dean Winchester as, as Chuck has written it on the page. Um, like I don't really get into that kind of hero, like, or excuse me, hero, uh, (laughs) wish fulfillment thing. Like I don't, I don't wish that I was Dean. I don't wish that I was Sam or anything like that. Like I'm, I'm not that dude. Right. Like I, I I feel like I have a pretty good life, but I can totally get behind this. Like I, I I know exactly where these dudes are coming from. Like I can sympathize. I can empathize with these guys. Like I totally get it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really good. Like good job, Supernatural episode. I forgot. Already forgot yeah. who wrote this. Uh, Eric Kripke and Nancy Weiner. Like good job, Eric and Nancy. You did you did good. Yeah, it's good stuff. It makes it makes you feel good at the end of the day. We uh we have one more bit of business to f- to finish up, and uh, this is Becky's t- tremendously heartbreaking breakup of <laughs> with <Yeah>. Sam Winchester, <laughs> uh, explaining to him again directly in front of Chuck that uh, their love was like a monkey on the sun; it just couldn't last. 
which yeah, is a really their, weird their love, line. <laughs> their love is like a monkey on the sun. It was too hot to live. That's what it like, was. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I guess a monkey couldn't live on the sun. Or, you know, sure. any other living organism while we're at it. But sure, a monkey it's, on the sun is fine. What a weird a, line. A, need, a needless, like metaphor or whatever you know like they didn't need it but she goes for it because it's like that kind of i love that they're kind of dripping with that bad writer thing mm-hmm. especially like chuck obviously that's his whole thing but it's just even that seems kind of loving like just um, like a monkey on the sun it was too hot to live and sam <laughs> is just really like good. i guess i'll just i'll i'll find you know the tools to keep on living or whatever <laughs> Yeah, Sam does a really good job of playing along because he's he's obviously uncomfortable with this amount of affection, but now that it's being turned off of him, he's like, "Oh yeah, sure, I'll play along. Like this is this is no problem." Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And again, Chuck is standing right there, and she's like, "Me and Chuck have found a blah 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 blah." Um, but after all of this is over with, and th- this is all really good, by the way, like all of our wrap up is very good. Uh, she kind of drops a drops a bit of a bomb on Sam, and it's like, "Hey." Do you remember that uh, that British woman, Bella from the third book or whatever? And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I, I, I know her. I, I was there. Like I've fantasized about her before when she in her lingerie." Yeah. <laughs> um, but says that Bella told them that she had given the cult to Lilith, but she actually hadn't. That in the in the books, uh, it, you could kind of hear Bella's thoughts on the page, and uh, she gave it to a demon named Crowley. So. Uh, at the very, very beginning of this episode, like we, we got a little bit of, uh, uh, like we need to find the cult. We need to, we need to try to figure out a way to kill mm-hmm. Lucifer. And now they finally got a lead on how to kill Lucifer so they can get the cult back. And, uh, this is the second time we're hearing Crowley's name, but this is obviously a, a much more, this is a much bigger, <laughs> like, like kind of lore bomb at, at this point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say before we get into the next episode, um, when Sam, for some reason, tells Chuck, uh, yeah, it's cool if you want to, if you want to go ahead and, and publish the, the rest of the books. And Chuck goes, really? Like, oh my God, that's great. And Sam goes, no, not really. We have guns. And we will find <laughs> we you. Will find you. <laughs> I have that written down in my notes because goddamn, <laughs> Yeah, don't do that. What are you doing? Don't do that. Um, but like, it's a very funny moment, but like, Sam, why'd you even say it then? <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he kind of messed with them a little bit, I think, is is pretty hilarious. Yeah. Um, uh, so it, Sam tells that the, the weird thing, not the weird thing, but the the final note of this episode is uh, Sam walking over to Dean, and he's like, "Are you all right, man?" And Dean's like, "You know what? Actually, I'm I'm pretty okay." Like hearing this, uh, hearing these two. I don't want to call them losers because they're not losers. They're just normal dudes. But hearing these two normal dudes and their affection for what Sam and Dean are and the, and the team that they make saving the world has, you know, just kind of made Dean feel better about himself and his life choices up Mm -hmm. to now. Because like, as we just saw at the end of changing channels, the very end of that episode, he was like, I kind of wish dad, I kind of wish we were still in a TV show or or whatever. Uh, And now we have the opposite of that. He's totally the type to understand, like, hero worship. You know, he worshipped his dad, but also as we, we get through the seasons, Dean is always making pop culture references, and it's like, you can totally see Dean watching TV and, like, imagining him, himself as, like, that kind of cowboy. Like, he always has this this facade, so he, I think Dean gets it. When, when these guys say it to him, spell it out for him like that, I think he can almost kind of relate to it in a way. And now he's like, you know, they're looking at me the way that I used to look at our dad. And, and... It's not all it's cracked up to be, but I think for just at least maybe this moment, Dean can kind of appreciate it. Appreciate that, like, I do kind of kick ass, don't I? You know, and it's, it's, I'm glad that Dean gets to have this moment because, you know, 
season five is not going to go great from here. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of all downhill starting with the next episode. Uh, I just want to briefly mention before we get out of this one that we do get a, a couple of outtakes uh, and, and classic Monster oh, yeah. of the Week style of Chuck telling stories, including his, his love for beaches and <laughs> Sam and Dean in the background going like, please, no, 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 stop, yeah, stop, stop. Yeah. And uh, all of this stuff is very good. Like, I, I don't remember the name of the actor who plays Chuck, but he's 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 extremely good at what he does. This this whole awkward confession thing is is really great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and this is just, I mean, what, what other show do you get like an episode like this? Like it's such a treat. And the, the only show that I ever think of with stuff like this is community, which is a Mm -hmm. comedy, but somehow supernatural is able to pull it off just as well as that does. Well, it's, and it's a comedy that came a little bit later, right? Like it's, it's like in mm-hmm. 2009, like meta stuff like this, I feel like, and listeners like get at me cause I, I love all this meta stuff. So like if, if there's stuff that was like blazing a trail through this, like, let me know. Um, but I remember watching this and going like, man, like this is a, this is a bold choice for a show about hunks killing ghosts. Like this, they're yeah. really leading into this. Like, and they're not even like, like there's a way to do these meta plots like this and have them be super serious and kind of corny, but leaning into the corniness and just adopting it and making it funny. And then also having the serious stuff right beside it is, I mean, it's just, it's just tremendous writing and acting and, and just, I mean like the whole episode is just like a, it's a fucking piece, man. Like I love it so much. Yeah. And we may have talked about it before or, or someone may have sent us a link about it. I can't remember, but basically the writing style for season five of just like, we might not be here tomorrow. This show could go down at any minute. Let's just go for it. Like a hundred percent all the time. Um, which you can really see they're not comfortable with the show at all. You know, they don't know what is going to happen. They don't know if they're going to get canceled. So it's really just everybody is going full steam ahead with we're going to just do it because there's, there might not be a tomorrow, uh, which is sort of really fitting for the season. If you think about it, like tonally, you know, Sam and mm-hmm. Dean, they're, they're in the apocalypse. And if the show had gotten canceled, that would have been it for them. So they really are just, they're just putting it all out there. They're willing to take these risks um, because they, even if they don't, they might still get canceled. So it's just that, that frantic energy that's throughout this whole season. It's just re- it really, really pays off in moments like this. And uh, I'm glad that they didn't get canceled, but I'm also glad that they thought they were going to get canceled. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I'm sure it was like not great working conditions for the writers or for even the actors no. or like every all of the production crew. But uh, like like that sometimes can like you know adverse circumstances could sometimes bring out the best art in people. So uh, yeah, like I, I think they did a, a really good job. Shout outs to our girl Nissa by the way for that for that link and uh, I that's have right, that already right. in in the show notes for uh, this season for the season feedback episode. So we're going to get into more of that. It has to do with awesome. whether or not Kripke had a had a plan had a five year plan is what was commonly known. Um, yes, and we're, we're yes, going to get into some of that. So <clears throat> yeah, expect I, uh, that out later in a couple of months. I hope that, uh, the writers, all these people who worked super hard on the show can look back on season five and be super proud of it because it's like, this is, this is something you want to hold up. This is good TV. It's not just TV that you and I like, and all the fans like this is really good TV. Would you say that it's must see TV, Chris? It's must see TV. They're on the cover of TV guide for a reason. You deserved Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This kicks ass.
Our next episode is Abandon All Hope, written by Ben Edlin, directed by Phil Sagrisha. Uh, this was aired on November 19th, 2009. Sam, Dean, Castiel... No, excuse me. Reef take. <laughs> Sam, Dean, and Castiel track down the cult and head off to find Lucifer to send him back to hell. It's a hunter's reunion when the crew joins forces with Bobby, Ellen, and Joe for what could be their last night on Earth. Wow. Uh... This episode is super sad. Actually, when I was uh, planning this season, I looked at this and I was like, I think that's the episode that I'm thinking of. And uh, yeah, this is, this is kind of a bummer to end a podcast on. <laughs> like, yeah. it's going to be weird to go talk through this episode and then have the super sad ending and then immediately go into like probably 30 minutes of outtakes of us goofing around and you yeah. know, talking about Lord of the Ring bombs. So uh, you want to get into it? <laughs> yeah, let's do this. So I love that we start off um, with, like, a, a metropolitan crossroads demon. Like, it's under, like, a freeway uh, mm-hmm. in, the, in a busy city, and you know, there's concrete everywhere. It's not some uh, outside some dusty bar in the middle of nowhere. It's this a, is not your granddad's a, crossroads. <laughs> no. This is, this is the concrete jungle of crossroads. Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, this, you know, this banker is, is burying his, his crossroads components uh, trying to, you know, and he, and he summons Crowley, the, the, the crosser demon. Um, and this is the first time that we get to see Mark Shepard in Supernatural. Uh, who is now, obviously, you, you can see him in the Netflix banner, like, Crowley rules. He's all over the place. Um, but yeah, this is the first time we see Crowley, and he's like, hey, alright, let's make this deal. Let's save your bank from going under. And this guy is just gonna be all homophobic, and be like, well, you know, I was told that I was supposed to kiss a lady. Uh, I can't kiss you. And uh, I like that that Crowley immediately calls him out on it. That's like that's Crowley's first thing is like, oh wow, okay, yeah. So your your deep seated homophobia is going to stop you from uh, doing this. Like you're okay with selling your soul, but kissing a dude that's that's what's <laughs> that's that's you. the limit. Yeah, yeah. I'm totally okay with literally giving my going to hell, but I'm not going to kiss a dude first. Like if in fact if the dude even says like, well, there's just there's just lines that I'm not prepared to cross. Yeah. Uh, Crowley looks super young in this episode. Uh, we, we've talked about this before with supernatural characters, like how uh, Jared spe- specifically looks like extremely young Sam in the first season. Uh, yeah, I was I was not prepared for young Crowley in this at all. Yeah, um, he's he, that's you know the thing about time, Jeremy, is that you know it don't it don't stop moving no matter how hard you try. It just keeps chugging along, and it and it takes its toll, just like. Uh, Sharon on the river sticks. Uh, you know you got to pay Excuse that toll. Me? You got you got to pay. You know Karen C C H A R O N is the the ferryman on the on the river sticks and in, in, in Hades uh-huh. in hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just getting into some Greek mythology real quick. Uh, I'm sorry about that. Um, you know you got to pay the toll. You got to pay the time toll. And Crowley is old. Um, I'm vamping a little bit now because I feel like I kind of missed I missed my opportunity to follow up what you originally said. I'm um, just. Uh... I'm just gonna I'm, gonna I'm gonna let you just go for a while so and see what see so, what happens. Um, so the thing about the river sticks, <laughs> <laughs> I like this because uh, like we see this deal go down and then we get this weird zoom shot oh to my, Castiel dude, in the my, background. It's the best shot. It is the I best shot. I love it so much. Like it's this, this like dramatic <laughs> 1970s incredible Hulk style like bionic man zoom to Castiel. You know I'm gonna be gifting that, right? Like you it's know I gotta give that. Super fast handy cam zoom in on Castiel, and he goes, "Got him!" And it's my <laughs> favorite thing ever. 
It's so great. And he says that the uh, that the deal is going down. <laughs> you know, they had their, their the- cameras set up. They they, they, got, they had their cameras set up. They got the shot. And then somebody was like, hey, uh, hey, Kripke, uh, you know, it'd be sick. And he's like, what? All right. Hey, Misha, do the thing again. And he just put fucking hand cam zoom in. He's like, yo, check this shit out. Got him. <laughs> no, that's, that's the one. Run it. That's the one. We got it. We got it. Print it. <laughs> Print, Print it, it guys. Like, like, no, we still got all the, all these other scenes to do. He's like, nope, that's it. Wrap it up. This is going to set a trend for our uh, for our heroes being pretty proactive that I, mm-hmm. I very much like. Um, yeah. Most of the time in Supernatural, uh, Sam him. and Dean are always responding to a threat of some kind. Yes. Like, they, they are yes. dealing with the problem that has been brought to them in some kind of way. And this kind of, like... Hey, we f- we found a tidbit. Like we found, we we know that Crowley has the the cult. So let's go find Crowley and let's follow him to his abode where he is surrounded himself and Enochian sigils that keep angels out, and also is watching footage of like the Third Reich. To uh, what was the song that he's listening to? Oh, I can't remember, but yeah, it's something. It's some like it's, soul it's a, music stuff. Like it's it's a it's yeah. a it's a Bobby Brown song or some shit. Like it's it's fucking crazy. Uh, it's a weird just, juxtaposition for sure. <laughs> it is, and it's a uh, it's a fun it's a fun time. Like it's this is like explaining who he is. Um, everybody plays the fool. That's what it is. I had to go look it yep, up. Yeah. Yep, uh, yep. <laughs> but it's it's a fun introduction to Crowley as this super scary demon. And uh, during our deal with the banker, we find out that he is. You know, he, he the banker was such a big fish that they brought out the boss. So like he is yeah. he is the crossroad demon. Like he is he yeah, is King of the Crossroads. King of the Crossroads. Um the boy but back to my point, I I like to see them be proactive. I like to see them hunt down mm-hmm. a problem and try to solve it. Uh they're gonna do this a couple of times in this episode and it's 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 a refreshing change of pace. Yeah, it, it drives the action forward so quickly that it feels like this this is almost like a full length movie. This is you know this is Act Three of whatever movie trilogy because they're just going for it and so much shit happens so quickly. And I love that they just go immediately into you know Joe in a like a fancy dress uh, stranded outside of Crowley's mansion, which we don't know it's Crowley's mansion yet, but we quickly pick up on that. Uh, and she's mm-hmm. ringing saying, "Oh, I have car trouble. Come help me." You know, playing the damsel in distress. Uh, I just love the idea that you know she she rings them. Uh, rings up, you know, these demons come out, they try to welcome her in, and then it's, you know, the jig is up pretty quickly. And then Sam and Dean just come in and they knife these demons and it takes care of that. And it's like, alright guys, let's go on in. Joe's not surprised to see them, because they called Joe and Ellen to get help. I love that yeah. they were just like, yo, we're going to get the, the cult, we're going after this demon, we need all the help we can get, let's call some people. And that's always been something that the boys, I mean, the boys have always for- neglected to do that. They always, they'll call Bobby, like, hey, do you know a, a thing about this monster so we don't have to read a book? But they never just like call people for help. They never stick together and do what they're supposed to do. And this time they just do it. They're just like, let's go kick some ass. Let's call Joe. Let's call Ellen. We can rely on them. Let's go in there. And they, they all just work together. And it's not, you know, them coming in to save Joe or anything. Like she knew, knew what she was doing. And they all get there on purpose. And it's fucking 
Awesome. I'm very excited. It's about get it. it's getting together the friends for one last caper. And uh, if anybody yeah. out there is kind of feeling like this seems like like season finale territory, it's going to be one of the first times that the the series takes a pretty significant break. Uh, like this is airing in November. It's going to pick up again after the holiday and like at late January. So this is this is very much supposed to be kind of a mid season finale. Like this is going to be a kind of a cliffhanger ending. And so like all of our um, stakes are, are ramped up a little bit. And and you're right, Chris. Like seeing the fact that they're reaching out for help seeing that joe does this i like immediately afterwards that uh after they knife the demons joe is seen with like these giant like metal clipper things <laughs> I, I know yeah. tools so good guys uh <laughs> but then we we cut to the inside of the mansion and then all the power goes out so i like the fact that joe isn't just the damsel in distress distraction like she's doing that and then she's got other shit to do like that's extremely solid work and it kind of makes me it makes me wish that there was more of this to watch. Like these boys, like planning a takedown and, and doing good stuff. Like I, I'm going to savor every single time that this happens in Supernatural. They always put Sam and Dean by themselves, so it's just it's just the two of them against whoever. And I get that that's the show, but a lot of times they work so well with other characters that it's just I kind of like this. Like you're saying, like I wish that we got to see more of Sam and Dean and Joe. And and just the three of them like pulling some plan and not sure. having to do anything dramatic like using her as bait like nope that was just part of the plan and now we're moving on to the next phase. Um, I think it it really helps them shine as individuals because it's not just like bro on bro action. It's a group and and showing how the boys <laughs> were. Yeah, I know more than brothers. Done that. Um, I like that it, it allows them to like to to excel in their roles and, and show who they are and not just like them working in tandem all the time. Um, it's just good stuff. It, it is extremely good stuff. And uh, listeners, if you're out there and there is like quality fan fiction that you've read, that is stuff like this, that doesn't necessarily go into like, I don't know, Dean banging Joe or Joe banging Sam or all three of them getting together. Or I don't I, like if, if there's just like as minimum banging as possible. Like I don't, I don't really need to read that, but like if there's like quality stories out there that we should, we should read, like send that shit to me. Like I'm, I'm interested in more stuff like this. If there's some fan fiction out there, I'll, I'll do a dive. Like I'm not ashamed to say that like, I want more of this so bad <laughs> that I'll, I'll, I'll read it on my iPad when I'm trying to go to sleep. Right. <laughs> Maybe we'll get some uh, some Joe in one of these novels. Who knows? Probably not, but probably um, not. Yeah. That would be cool. <laughs> too much, cool. too much to ask for. Uh, Dean and Sam, excuse me, Sam and Dean. You can't say Dean and Sam. That's illegal. Uh, Sam and Dean enter. Inter- it's trademark <laughs> the other way. So. <laughs> <laughs> they enter Crowley's mansion and uh, are immediately like kind of confronted by Crowley himself, who sees their very obvious devil's trap set up, and uh, they're seized by Crowley's guards, uh, who are you know demons. And Crowley's just carrying around the cult; he just has it with him. Mm-hmm. And um, he Crowley, surprise, shoots his two bodyguards and is like, "Hey, we need to talk." And uh, and this is like the first twist of this episode where. Crowley actually wants to help these dudes kill Lucifer and has a, a, a pretty valid narrative reason to do so. Like this feels so fucking good. Like to it have does, this, it makes a lot this of sense, demon. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. Just have it make sense. Like to have this character's motivation completely make sense of like Lucifer hates humanity. Like he despises all humans and we're less than that. Like we're demons. Like he created this. Yeah. But once he's done with all the human stuff, he's definitely going to throw away all the demons too. And 
I kind of just want to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm in sales is one of his quotes. <laughs> I'm in sales yeah. for God's sakes. <laughs> like, I just kind of want to keep doing this. And I, I really, really dig. Like, Crowley is just like the businessman of like, I, want, I don't really necessarily care about saving all of humanity. Like, I still want to do my thing, but I, I don't want to see everything end either. Like, th- what this is what they expected for, from the – this is what Sam expected exactly, from the trickster yeah. and didn't get. And now that we get that set up and then the punchline with Crowley is so fucking great. Uh, and I love that he immediately comes just, like, with the names, calling them the Hardy Boys, just, like, right out the gate, like, that's what he's calling them. Mm-hmm. And Dean mm-hmm. has a, I don't know, sometimes they just make Dean seem really stupid, but it always is really funny um, when he calls them morons, and Dean's like, you're morons, moron. Like, he doesn't, like, he can't come up with a comeback because he's so flustered by everything that's happening. Uh, but it made me laugh. And there's this extremely tense scene of... uh Crowley explaining everything and then saying like, Hey, here's the cult and, uh, you should, you should take it and you should go kill Lucifer. And, uh, Sam, like they're, and the boys are extremely awkward during this, right? Like they're constantly looking at each yeah. other. They're, they don't really, they're completely off their footing. Like they had, they did not expect this. They were expect, they came in here, you know, expecting a fight, expecting to try to, uh, trick this demon into giving up the cult. Now they're, now the demon is literally handing it to them. And, uh, Sam asked the question of like, you wouldn't, um, <laughs> happen to know where lucifer is would you (laughs) just and crowley's like sure yeah in a few days he's gonna be at such in carthage whatever and is going to blah 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 blah. and sam just is like okay thanks and he kind of glances at dean and looks back at crowley and just tries to pull the trigger (laughs) and kill crowley and crowley doesn't even fucking blink man it's so cool yeah He's like, yeah, of course you were going to do that. And Sam is almost like, of course this isn't going to work, right? <laughs> like, this is too simple. <laughs> yeah, but I have to try. Like, 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 I, like is- I have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Crowley's reaction. He doesn't even blink and he's like, oh yeah, you're going to need more bullets. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. It's, it's so funny. And uh, I, this, I've always this- liked Crowley. And I think that a lot of people have always liked Crowley. There's a good reason why he's still around, um, or, he, or he's as long around as long as he is. I don't. I actually have no idea. Um, but he is just like this. This rewatch, especially, he's just so fucking likable immediately. Oh yeah, to see this kind of uh, villain setup is is always a really good time, right? Like the 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 greatest villains are never like out for world domination. They're always right. like the the kind of like everyday people that are just trying to set up things for themselves. And that's especially right now. That's what Crowley ex- excels at. Um, he gives the boys a bullet, the bullets. And Dean asks like the very simple question of like, "Hey, you're uh, if we go kill Lucifer and fail, he's gonna know about this." And you're going to be in trouble. And Carly's like, well, how about you don't miss? <laughs> like, just don't just yeah. go kill the dude. <laughs> so we could all be happy. Like, and then immediately disappears because he's saying he's, he's not going to wait around for Lucifer to find him. He's going to go hide out during I, the apocalypse. I love that. That was the, it's the one time that that Crowley yells at them. And it's not that kind of like maniacal, like I've, I'm, I'm screaming at you boys because I'm actually still a crazy demon. He is just, you can tell his patience immediately wore out with them. He's got no time for this bullshit. He's like, and he just, he just yells at them. He's like, don't, how would you don't miss? Like, it's, it's so good. It's not an evil scream. It is a, a boss who's really fed up with his employees screaming. 
Yeah, the I cannot believe I have to work with these idiots kind of scream. Like, Jesus yeah, Christ, yeah. just do your fucking job. Like, I've given you the simplest task. Go gra- take this all-powerful weapon, point it at Lucifer's head, pull the trigger, and we're all happy. We're all done. But no. Um, we crash into a uh, drinking contest between Castiel and Ellen... Uh, with yeah. Joe on the on the side watching, and uh, you know they're going to do a sh- like a shot, a one for one shot contest, and Castiel just downs like six of these in a row, and finally and looks over at Ellen and says, "I think I'm starting to feel something," <laughs> which is really good. Chris, this can I uh, actually can I interrupt? Can I? Can I inter- okay. oh, go ahead. I was going to oh, say, geez. this is this is also a scene in Lord of the Rings, like exactly because I watched this the other day. Uh, Fucking like, chugs. Many many beers, and then just says, "I'm fu- I'm starting to feel something." I fucking what were you gonna hate. Say? I fucking hate that you took away my trivia because <laughs> <laughs> it was it was on the Wikipedia, and I was just about to read it to you. The scene where Castiel oh takes God. five shots in a row across from Ellen is a reference to Lord of the Rings, where Legolas is in a drinking contest with Gimli, who passes out, only for Leg- Legolas to comment, "I feel something, a slight tingle in my fingers. I think it's affecting me." I mean, I didn't know. I didn't know that was going to be your thing. I just fucking love Lord of the Rings. I'm sorry, Jeremy. You want to start a Lord of the Rings podcast next? No, I don't at all. Not not in the <laughs> least. Could not be. I'll just do it. Less interested I'll just do it myself. Uh, what would you call it? Give me your Lord of the Rings podcast name. I'll cut it out if it's so good that we have to like trademark it later um, or something. Oh, that's that's a good that's a good question. I would have to think about that. It's going to be like the like the the fellowship of you know the the podcast. No, that's you know it's not no. good. None of those mm. were good. Mm. Uh, J R R Stroken is that a okay? First of all, don't uh, disrespect. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> uh, also, don't get, uh, don't get the books. Uh, don't get Tolkien's books and Peter Jackson's films confused, please. Are they okay. are they not the same thing? I've. No, I mean, they're basically the same thing. Um, explain to me. Explain to me the, the 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 things that the movies got wrong, please. Okay. And we're so, back. That was a good two hours of worth of talk that I had to cut out of the podcast. So thank you, listeners. That'll appear on a uh, bonus episode of Monster of the Week at some point. But meanwhile, we're going to continue with this episode. Uh, the uh, Castiel has done some shots, and we get this great scene between Dean and Sam, where Sam is arguing that this is, of course, a setup. And uh, man, Dean with this line about Sam Winchester distrusting a demon better late than never. Yeah. And I like that. Like, I love ooh. this line because it's the first time where Sam is like, "Okay, haha!" Like he doesn't get upset with it. Like you can tell the brothers are are back on even footing. They're back on good terms for real because they clink beers after. Like they're like, "Yeah, okay." Like we're gonna do this thing after the scene. You know, not after not after Dean says that line and Sam's like, "Haha, good one, bro." <laughs> like it's not like that. But I, I like the line because of the the interaction because brothers are supposed to be able to talk shit to each other. Um, and, and because very, this is what they've been working towards, right? Like this yeah, is what exactly. they have continually tried since the beginning of the season of Sam saying like, this is not going to work if we just try to go back to the old ways. And part of that is, is Dean bottling up all of his shit, which is going to come up later, which I find kind of fascinating. But, um, Dean, like just kind of actively saying like, nope, like you, you, you kind of did the thing. Like this is, this is a funny thing is, is really, really good. Um, yeah. And then we have the Dean and Joe scene. Uh, Dean sees Joe. Well, no, I'm sorry. Let's 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 back up for a minute. Uh, 
Dean says that uh, there is no way that Sam could come with them on this mission to Carthage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because if if they win, they win, and that's great. But if they fail, then Lucifer's vessel in the form of Sam Winchester is right there for the taking, and they can't let that happen because that's the apocalypse. And Sam has this argument of, well, of course it's not a smart idea. When have we ever done the smart idea? Let's do it anyway. And Dean goes along with this, and I don't understand why. <laughs> like well, this is the dumbest is like, idea. <laughs> yeah, his whole thing is like this is every time. This is the choice we make. We separate. We go different ways. We try to do. We try to keep each other out of the fight or do these things. We've made that mistake every single time. This time we just have to stick together. We just have to do it our way, no matter what. Um, and I think Sam is. I mean, he's really just reflecting on the fact that. Um, when he went up against Lilith, he did it alone. I mean, that was his own thing. That wasn't Dean's fault. But when John went up against the demons at the end of season one, you know, with Meg or whatever, he did it alone. Like the Winchester archetype is the person who's always going off on their own and doing a thing and not having any backup and, and, and bad things happen because of it. Um, I think this time it's just like, let's just fuck it. Like we just got to do it together. It's the only way this is going to work out. I, I guess so, yeah, and, and that does make sense because throughout the beginning of the season, the boys were separating, and that obviously wasn't working out for them. So I can see the argument to be made of like, whatever we're going to do, we're going to go in there and do it together. Like whether whether or not we we succeed or lose, we're going to be there together. I guess I guess that does make sense. But boy, it sure does seem it does seem like a colossally stupid idea. Um, immediately afterwards, uh, and. And Sam even makes this comment when uh, Dean notices Joe getting up to go uh, to the refrigerator. He says, speaking of colossally stupid ideas, and of course Dean goes up to try to go hit on Joe. Uh, I really, really like this scene. Like, this is this is some good stuff. Uh, Dean goes oh, over yeah. and is like, hey, it's the last night on Earth. And, uh, you know, and she's like, are you? Are you trying to last night on Earth me? Like, are you trying to pitch that? Because this is a, a callback to season two where they, they kind of yeah. had a, a, she had a similar thing of like all of the hunters that would go in there and play her, uh, you know, the side B of Led Zeppelin four or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he says like, uh, if it is, would it work? And she kind of does this like slow tease, uh, ramps up the sexual tension and is like, no, if I'm going to, if this is my last night on Earth, I'm going to spend it with something that I call self-respect <laughs> or no or dignity or no self-respect yeah which is really good like that's that's a phenomenal good good on you joe now i don't necessarily uh i'm not all for like sam and dean yucking it up about like hey dean you gotta go get some tail over there uh but again a very normal brother moment it feels like when sam is like speaking of stupid ideas like it feels like they've talked about this <laughs> or like at least Sam can, in, can intuit like what Dean's like. I just like when they, when they connect on normal things and I'm not sure saying, again, I'm not saying that they should be all over there yucking it up, talking about Joe, but it just seems like a normal thing for them to, to, to have to, to, I don't know. Talk about, I guess. Yeah. Just talk well, about no, like, like um, think about it. Think about the history with, with Joe as uh, you know, back to season two when, they were going to have this moment, uh, excuse me, Dean and Joe, after they, they saved her after going through that hotel or whatever. And Sam like literally gets up at the, has to like leave the bar so that they can talk. Right. There's this unresolved sexual, sexual tension between, uh, Dean and, and Joe and, like just immediately remarking like that's probably a bad idea dude like that's basically our cousin at this point like you don't want yeah. to do that like <laughs> ellen is like the mom figure that we've literally never had in our lives <clears throat> 
this is a really stupid idea. And you're absolutely right. Having the boys connect on something very basic of like, I understand what you're doing and you shouldn't is a, is really, really strong. Like that, that makes me feel like these dudes are, are bros. And it's not, and it's not like, I understand what you're doing and it's demon blood. It's just like, you're going to go hit on that chick and you probably shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. It's a normal problem. It's a, it's a, de- you shouldn't fuck your cousin problem. Not a, you shouldn't drink demon, demon blizzy problem. That's <laughs> just a normal everyday problem. Like you just shouldn't fuck your yeah. cousin. Uh, yeah, definitely. Meanwhile, Bobby wants to do a, uh, group photo. <clears throat> Bobby is the, uh, historian of the group, I guess you would say. Oh God, I have the sentimental type, I guess. Now it's time to head to Carthage wherever, right? Well, I want to talk about this photo a little bit because, uh, Oh, for sure. Bobby, the sentimentalist is, um, assembles them all and sets up his like, you know, old school 35 millimeter camera and is like, and then like Cass says, you know, Hey everybody, it's our last night on earth. And like, Everybody kind of like stops and like looks at their. So when the camera snaps, it's everybody looking awkward and sad. It's one yeah. of the best pictures of everybody that I've ever seen in my life. Like I kind of want this on my wall somewhere. It's so good. Yeah, it, it's really good. And I love that like like Sam and Dean aren't doing their like hunky model faces like they are in every uh, promotional still ever. They mm-hmm. look about as normal as as two hot guys could look. Like <laughs> they just like Dean is just making kind of a, like a uh, face. Like it's not like a funny face. It's not a. It's not a serious face. It's just like a yeah, I'm a dude face. Um, which adds like they're all kind of like that. Nothing is over the top. I wonder how many times I had to take it because it feels like the perfect like photo for this group of people. It really, it really feels like it feels like it. And um, yeah, I, I, I just I, I really like Kaz in this episode. Um, we mm-hmm. we get a strong Kaz moment as they get to Carthage the next day. Uh, Sam and Dean go to check out the police department. Uh, Cass, who has ridden a car with Ellen and Joe, but then teleports himself out of the car instead of using the door, which is <laughs> just always a good time. Uh, yeah, immediately like, sees Joe's like, "You ever hear of a uh, you ever hear of a doorknob or whatever?" And he just, "Of course I have," but then he's just not like he's dismissive <laughs> of her, but also he he teleported out of the car. <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, the, the, he see immediately sees uh, this entire town is filled with reapers, like uh, the kind of the kind of gathering of reapers that he only sees in um, stuff like the biblical flood, right? Like, uh, yeah, like yeah. he o- only when major disasters. The last time, yeah, the last time that this happened, Noah was building his ark. Like, it's, that's yeah, is, that's it. Yeah, he uh, he he wanders off and uh, to go try to find out like what's going on, and then. All we hear is like from off screen, like "Hello, brother," and then it flashes white, and then we go back to Sam and Dean who are meeting up with Ellen and Joe. So, uh, I thought that this was going to be kind of more protracted than it was when I was watching this originally, but like we get some 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 like human stuff for a little while, and then we just crash right back in, and like Castiel is in some angel fire. Like that's just it. That's just what yeah, happened. Yeah. Uh, but I don't care because Mark Pellegrino and Misha Collins like sniping at each other is extremely my shit. I love this. Yeah. This is, this is some, some primo angel, uh, on angel action here. Um, and, and Mark Pellegrino or Nick, you know, Satan's or Lucifer's mm-hmm. vessel. Uh, he's just, he, he doesn't look good. His skin is like flaking away. Um, and, and Cassiel calls him out on it. He's like, what, what is this vessel? What the hell is wrong with you? Um, it's just this isn't his true vessel. It's not gonna. It's not gonna hold up. He's gonna combust. Basically, he's burning his way through this vessel. And I and I love that Castiel. We know he has this relationship with Dean, but I just like that he's standing up for Sam, but also just like the group. 
um, where he, he says, you know, you are not taking Sam Winchester. I'm not going to let you. Um, and it's just a badass cast moment. He's trapped in this, in this angel fire. He can't get out. You know, it, it, I didn't realize I just did angel fire, but I did. It's a, you know, it's a great, uh, hosting service mm-hmm. for your website in yep. 2001. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, more than brothers.angelfire.net. Yeah. Also great for keeping, um, Castiel all wrapped up. A couple of things that I want to call attention to before we get to the main part of the conversation is this, uh, first off this piano music that's happening in the background here, this kind of like yeah, tinkling yeah. extremely good. Like that, that's, that's like, it just adds some atmosphere to it. Uh, the, uh, supernatural doesn't get a lot of attention to its original music. Uh, as, as, you and I from the beginning, because uh, like as soon as we started this podcast, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna go buy the Supernatural CD." Yeah. Uh, the the original music is super good. Like it's 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 really great and really adds flair to scenes and, and adds something like adds texture to the scenes. And I think this is a really great use of it. Um, and then there's a moment where uh, Lucifer asks Castiel. He says, "I I'm told that you you arrived by car that you rode into in a car here." Yeah. <laughs> And Castiel says, yeah. And he goes, what was that like? And he said, Castiel just replies, slow. And I love Lucifer's reaction. He just looks at him and says, what a peculiar thing you are. And it's a a great bit of foreshadowing. And it's a great bit of uh, illumination on Castiel's character. Because Castiel is is not heaven's angel at this point. Like, he's rebelled. He's not working on behalf of the demons or working with Lucifer, which is the conversation we're just about to have, but he's something in between and it makes Castiel such an interesting character. And it's going to carry a lot of Castiel's plot progression through the, through a lot of seasons. So I'm like just this little bit of like, what a peculiar thing you are is such a number one, such a great Lucifer line. Like this is something Mm -hmm. I've never seen before in the history of existence. Like this thing that this angel doing something I would have never expected. And then also like, what a great, like just spotlight on Castiel's character in general. Yeah. That line is so good for Cass and Lucifer because the fact Mm -hmm. that that's the type of thing that your villain is saying um it's just it's very interesting and then yeah it is illuminating for for castiel like he's not like any of the other creatures or beings that the the we've encountered in the show castiel is very unique and now it's time for lucifer to make his pitch because if there's anything that we know lucifer is good at it's uh pitching people on his ideas and he lays it out he says you know we're we're on the same side. Like I've rebelled against heaven. You've rebelled against heaven right now. They're coming after me and they want to kill me. If that happens, you'll be public enemy. Number one, you'll be the one that rebelled. Like, so if I go down, you go down and Castiel basically says like, I'll die before you let, before I let you get to Sam and <laughs> I'll die first. And, and Lucifer says, I suppose you will, <laughs> which is yeah. ooh, again, ooh, my God. Mark, Mark Pellegrino just killing this, killing this, this, this racket right now, man. I love this so much. Oof, so good. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't go overboard with anything. It's always just so matter of fact. Okay. I suppose you will. Um, it's perfect. And now we, uh, we, we go- get to, yeah, we get to see another big town scene, which I always like. Mm-hmm. Like they have this one set that they could put everybody in. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Because it just it, it sets it sets the mood so well, you know. They're just standing in the middle of this deserted street. You know, shit's about to pop off, and it does because Meg shows up and she's got hellhounds. 
Absolutely. But we get that great shot of the our four heroes like walking towards the camera, like all armed to the fucking yeah. teeth and yeah, looking yeah, badass. Yeah, yeah. Like great, great fucking moment there. And then yeah, uh Meg shows up with the Hellhounds, your favorite Dean, or whatever she says. Yeah. Um I um when I first watched this, I really didn't like New Meg. Uh I I I don't know if it was just a the change in actress or or what, or like that weird southern accent. New Meg is really growing on me on this rewatch. Like I'm kind of digging yeah. her. Are, are you with me on that? Yeah, for sure. Um, I was always hesitant uh, when they changed the demons. I mean, because Meg and Ruby were both such strong individuals when they, or you know, had such strong presence as demons. Um, probably Meg more so than the first Ruby. Um, so it was always weird when they when they changed that. But over time, I think you know it, it fits. It works. And in a way, it's almost cooler that they're still able to capture these these characters with a different actress. Um, and yeah, uh, I'm I'm into uh, to new Meg. So we the confrontation here is uh, Meg says, "Hey, come a- come along quietly. Like I've got hellhounds. I'll I'll get them to chase you down and bring you bring you against your will. But or you could just come along and talk to Lucifer." Dean immediately says, "Like no, we're not going to do that." Shoots yeah. and he's armed with a Colt. Shoots one of the hellhounds, and uh, all four of our heroes run away. Almost immediately, Joe is set upon and maimed by this hellhound in a very gruesome... Dean falls down, and yep. she goes back to save him. She goes back to save him and uh, gets gets ripped up in a very gruesome... Like, Supernatural is not afraid to do gore, uh, but I really like it that it doesn't kind of overdo it a lot of the time. Some episodes mm-hmm. do. This is a really effective use of, of gore, because you see this like skin-tearing scene, and then they drag her into a... Uh, a like a sporting goods store, like a hardware store or whatever. Yeah. But I'm, what I'm about to affectionately call is the bomb factory. Um, yep. But they they drag it's her in there, but it's really, like it's so intense. Like you're fucking scared yeah. immediately. It's a really vicious wound on one of our heroes immediately. Like it's not good. They're not, and they don't shy away from showing it to you because they want you to know how how shitty the situation is. Like right off the bat. Now and I and I don't I don't necessarily I've always been a little bit not bitter but like I wish that they did better by Ellen and Joe. Um they show up again, Joe kind of sacrifices herself for Dean and I've never not necessarily sacrifices herself because she just goes back to help him. Um she's just playing the role of a hero uh and she pays for it. Um and I've never really known how to feel about that. Because she just she dies for a Winchester. All these women always die for the Winchesters. Um, but at the same time, these scenes are really effective. And if I wish again, I always wish we had more time with with Joe and Ellen. But I guess if this is going to be the end, I think that they serve the characters pretty well. They they do. And let's let's go ahead and ride this out um, narratively. And because uh, the 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 episode itself is going to switch back and forth between our heroes uh, dealing with the issue of Joe and then also Castiel um, attempting to make his escape and talking to Lucifer. Uh, But let's stick with our heroes for a while. Uh, Joe is grievously wounded. Um, The boys have, have salted the the windows and the doors and have kind of wrapped some chains around the door. So they're, they're protected against the hellhounds, but obviously this is not a situation that can last forever. Uh, they instantly realize that Joe is not going to make it. Um, it's it's very clear. Like Sam and Dean and like exchange looks or, or what have you. I um I think you're right, Chris. They they do right by these characters in the end. It's an extremely emotional ending. Uh, and that when what they do is 
ultimately in vain, but not because of this. It doesn't take anything that they do away. And we're, we're going to deal with the outcome of all of this later, but they are going to sacrifice, them, sacrifice themselves in order to give Sam and Dean the most opportunity to kill Lucifer and stop the apocalypse. And that's what they believe in. And that's what they do. And that's what they succeed at. Um, it doesn't work. I think spoilers, <laughs> but I don't think it takes anything away from the sacrifice. No. And, and I think the only reason that it, it feels like they did them wrong sometimes is because we didn't get more of Joe and Ellen. You know, we haven't, we've seen them once this season briefly and we hadn't seen them since season two. And this is season five. You know, we didn't, we didn't get a lot of these characters and they were great characters that I wish didn't just have to die for the Winchester's cause. But I think that the show definitely tries to make it seem like, no, this isn't just the Winchester cause. This is everybody. Um, they just didn't get enough time to, to really show us that. So they kind of just have to tell us that this is the fight for humanity, for the earth. This isn't just uh, the quest of Sam and Dean trying to get revenge for, you know, the, their mother that was killed by yellow eyes. Like this is, this is for everybody. Uh, Sam and Dean are at the heart of it, but this is Joe and Alan's quest as much as anybody's. Um, and I, I like that they, they resolve some of what Joe and Ellen were going through behind the scenes. We never got to see a lot of it. We've seen enough of it to know that Ellen never wanted Joe hunting. She treated her like a kid and Ellen and Joe calls her out on that. She's like, you can't, you know, literally for once in my life, this is your last chance to treat me like an adult. And I like that. Ellen says, okay. And get, and she, she respects Joe enough to, to follow her plan. This, this, sacrifice but i also like that ellen isn't just like okay well i trust you bye forever my daughter she's Mm -hmm. like she ellen stays true to herself and is like okay i am going to respect my daughter i am going to respect that she's an adult and that she is as capable as i am or as anybody but i can't leave you alone because i'm still your mother and that's still ellen's character she can't let go she can't just leave joe it doesn't matter that ellen's gonna die because her that's her role it's to to Ellen, nothing matters more than Joe. Um, and, and I think it makes sense that she just sticks... And it does her character right. Because she can't just leave her, her daughter to die. And, and the setup here... Let, let's describe it for, for our listeners. Um, they know the hellhounds are outside. Uh, <clears throat> Sam and Dean have contacted uh, Bobby through the use of a found ham radio or something, whatever. Um, <laughs> it does not matter because they just, they get a phone call out to Bobby. I like this, uh, this thing with Bobby because Dean is obviously at a loss for what to do. Um, he's calling Bobby to get advice, uh, to say like, you know, one of us is hurt. It's Joe. Um, and Dean and Bobby says, what are we going to do next? Dean. And Dean says, I, I, I don't, I don't think she, I don't, I don't think she's going to make it, Bobby. And Bobby says, I said, what are we going to do next, Dean? And you see this reaction from Dean as he's on this radio. Like his, his whole body kind of collapses inward. And like, as if you could literally see Bobby putting the weight of the world on his shoulders, right? Like you can just mm-hmm. see him just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like what, what else do I have to do? And then like acknowledging it and accepting it. And then like kind of sitting up and like, okay, okay. Uh, and then he goes yeah. to Sam and says, all right, we got to figure out how to get past these hellhounds. We got to get to Lucifer. Uh, first, we got to get uh, Ellen and Joe out of here. 
and Sam's going to run off to go fix a, um, like, a, like a, I don't forget what they call it, like a, a gurney or whatever. And that's when Joe says, let's, let's back the fuck off. Let, like, mm-hmm. I'm not going anywhere. I can't feel my legs. My guts are hanging out. I want to build a bomb. <laughs> Which, yeah. if, this, if the scene wasn't so goddamn serious at this point, and if Joe wasn't selling this so well, it would be fucking ridiculous. This entire... Uh, See this montage, this this Smanford U advertisement of building a bomb <laughs> out of this hardware store is just so over the top and ridiculous, and I, and I love it so much. And uh, the idea here is that they're going to let these these hellhounds in. Joe is going to blow them up, and that's what's going to give uh, Sam and Dean and Ellen the opportunity to leave. Like you mentioned, Chris, Ellen says, "No, no, no, no." Like, she accepts it at first. Like, she's like, okay, fine, let's build a bomb. And they, like, go out of their way to do the bomb montage, which is very cool. And then at the end, she goes, honey, you said it yourself. Somebody's going to have to open up the doors, and you ain't got no legs. So I have to be here. Um, That's an extremely powerful moment for me because, just like you mentioned, she's not taking away any of Joe's agency. She's not saying, like, you can't handle this or you can't do it. She's saying, you need my help to do this, and I'm willing to help you. I'm willing to sacrifice myself with you. Not only because I can't live without you, but also because this is important enough for you to sacrifice yourself and me. Yeah. It's, it's all it's really hard to, stuff. It's hard to imagine that these, these two women have had such a huge impact on, I think this show and this fandom specifically me and have been on six episodes. Yeah. <laughs> That's not even like, like a 10% of the episodes of supernatural that we've gotten so far. Right. Like, this, that's ridiculous that they've been on six episodes and they have this amount of impact. There's no other characters ever really like them. I know that they have um, new new great characters who who play important roles in the Winchesters' lives, um, but but Joe and Ellen, I think they were they were the first other family of hunters that like they really clicked with. Uh, and it mm-hmm. became the extended family of the Winchesters, even though we didn't see them half the time. We knew that Joe and Ellen were there. Um, and it's just it, this six episodes, you know, 45 minutes each. That's not, you know, they're not, they're not getting screen time for that full 45 minutes that they're on, but it feels like they've been a part of this journey the entire time. And so to see them go is, it's not easy. Um, and just one more thing about, about Bobby's, uh, Bobby's phone call. We, as, as the viewer get to see uh, Jim Beaver's face as he's acting and he's like choked up. You know, not not choked up, but you can see that this has affected him. Bobby Bobby takes to heart what Dean is telling him, but all he says is, "What well, you you know? What are we gonna do, Dean?" Basically, like Bobby's hurt. Bobby knows that Dean is hurt. Bobby knows that he is the only person who can who can tell Dean that he needs to get his shit together. He's like, yep. Dean, focus. He doesn't say that. He just says, "What are we gonna do, Dean?" It's such a great piece of writing. Such a subtle little thing. That's what Bobby says to Dean. Not like, okay, I understand, but you gotta st- he just says, what are we going to do, Dean? And like you said, he just repeats it. Uh, and Dean is like, oh, like he just wants to collapse. But that's what he needed to hear. He needed Bobby to pull him back in. And that's exactly what Bobby did. And, and once again, it's all on Dean. Like, I think that's the, yeah. that's the thing to take away from this is it doesn't even feel like Sam, like it's, it's dangerous for Sam to be here. It's, it's almost certainly going to mean his death, but and Sam is there doing the job. Don't get me wrong, but it feels mm-hmm. like when they when the chips are down and they have to make hard decisions about what to do, it's it's Dean's t- that has to make it. And uh, yeah. we're we're going to see this in a couple of episodes. Not to not to to burn cast, but 
we're, we're somebody asked him like why why does it have to be you like you have to and how many people do you have to save before you're done and he's like the entire world i have to save the whole world and it's because of things like this like he has to make these decisions and it comes down to him um mm-hmm. the the boys build this bomb which is basically uh buckets filled with salt and iron nails and uh yeah. bottles of propane uh rig it to a doorbell detonator and give it to joe uh, they jet. Well, first, I guess we need to talk about uh, Dean and and Joe's goodbye, which is very extremely sweet. I think, like the yeah. kiss on the forehead, the the whole thing, like, and like they, she, he smooches her on the on the mouth, which I like. <laughs> I don't know, man. I've never been like, you know, disemboweled, but I have to think that I would not want to smooch anybody on the mouth. But then again, like, no. I don't know, like maybe if you're about to die and you haven't been smooched on the mouth in a while, like maybe you do want that. So I, yeah. I have a hard time with, I have a hard time with this scene because I can, I can see this both ways of, of being like, I am just trying to like kill a bunch of hellhounds. Please get out of my face with your kisses. And also please kiss me in the face because I, this is the last sweet mo- human moment I'm going to have before I die. Right. Right. I think that, you know, we're supposed to take that of this is Dean's, this is just the the culmination of everything that that went unsaid between them. Um, even you know when she said, "Oh, self respect, all that stuff." Like, I'm not going to sleep with you, Dean. It was never like that. That was never what their relationship was. But there was something there. There was something that that could have been. You know, if their lives had been different, um, if they had been dealt different cards, they could have maybe had something real there. Uh, and Dean knows it, and Joe knows it, and and it's just the only thing that Dean I think knows to to do or can even think to do is just say thank you i'm just gonna give you a little smooch and um that's it and it's it's the forehead kiss that was really really sad to me because it is such a sweet little gesture it's um it just yeah it's it's very real and it made me made me choke up watching it uh even though i've seen it a bunch of times it's just it's just sad it is and uh as the boys leave uh ellen looks at Dean and says, and Dean, kick it in the ass. Don't miss. A um, mm-hmm. little bit of fun trivia that I learned. I didn't know about this. Uh, you were aware that Kim Manners had passed away. Uh, yeah, that about, was his uh, That was his, saying, that was his right? catchphrase. Yeah, and uh, yeah. apparently this was kind of uh, not necessarily an ad lib. She was prompted by the crew to say this, but the original line did not have kick it in the ass. And uh, I, I like Ellen and Dean's reaction to this. Like it's It, it brings a little bit of, of truth into this. Like That's probably something that's very emotional for them. If they, you know, I'm sure that they were extremely close to that Kim Manners guy. And, uh, but even outside of that, even before I knew this, this was an extremely serious moment. And like that, that, that word of encouragement from Ellen, like you could see kind of, it resolves Dean's strength. And he's like, all right, I'm going to go out. Like if, th- if this is yeah. what's going to go down, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to kick it in the ass and I'm going to get the shit right. done. Because uh, more than just just being hunks or hunters, like they really are kind of like not to be too dramatic, they're like warriors. Like they all are. Sure. Um, yeah. They're they're they soldiers, the man. Lines. Like they're, they're soldiers. Yeah. They're on the front There's lines. Nobody against else the out there apocalypse. doing this. <laughs> yeah. And this is what they do. You know, it is sad that Joe is dying and Ellen is is devastated and she's she's about to sacrifice herself. Like this is a huge moment. But every single one of them was prepared for this. And every single one of them is ready to keep going, even though it sucks, even though it's the worst thing in the whole world. And so Ellen is just like that one final reminder of like, you got to still go out there and kick ass, Dean. Like, it doesn't matter how you feel right now. Just go kick it in the ass. And it's it's that line kicks ass. There's there's one final moment here. Uh, Sam and Dean leave. They scramble out of the house. 
Ellen unwraps the chains around the door, moves the salt line, and goes and sit, sits next to Joe and tells her how much she loves her and how much she'll always love her. And uh, before the hellhounds come in, and as they get close, uh, Joe dies in her arms. And it it drives home the fact that Ellen had to do this. That at the very end, like Joe wasn't Joe was able to die peacefully, basically, mm-hmm. and that Ellen either. Ha- Ellen had to, it gave her daughter this, right? Like gave her the ability to die right. peacefully and to die not in a giant fireball because holy shit, Chris, can we talk about <laughs> this giant explosion? They built such a good bomb. They built a, a huge, huge bomb. Yeah. They were not messing around. That's that's Manfred no. Academy, man. I'm telling you. It's Manfred you. Let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. While all of this was happening in our in our secondary plot, uh, Meg has arrived and is uh, basically says, "Hey, I've got the Winchesters cornered." Lucifer says, "Nah, leave him alone, let him rest. Like all things happen for a reason." And then he leaves to go do whatever Lucifer's do, and uh, Meg <laughs> and Castiel have it have a conversation. I extremely enjoy this. Number one, because the entire time uh, Lucifer, excuse me, Castiel is like trying to telekinetically uh, unscrew this like. Yeah, <laughs> screw. And I really expected it to be water, like we saw in that episode where uh, they had was it Azazel chained up and he was doing this with the demon sign or um, the devil's trap, Alistair, Alistair, Alistair. Thank you. Um, uh, but it's not that. Um, and he, while he's trying to undo the screw, he's distracting her with talk of like, "Hey, I'm at Crowley. Crowley thinks the devil's going to kill all y'all motherfuckers." Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, no. He created us. What are you talking about? This is just good stuff between uh, Misha and Meg, I think. Yeah, it's all good. Um, there's a... Um, when do we get to find out about what Lucifer is up to? It's after this scene. Um, so, Castiel finally unscrews this like thing, or whatever. A pipe comes down, knocks Meg in the head, and kind of pushes her into the angel fire circle angelfire.circle.com and uh, he immediately (laughs) tries to exercise her but he doesn't have his mojo because he's been cut off from heaven so instead he like turns her around and like drops her to the floor and just walks over her body (laughs) to the outside and that's the last time we see him in the episode like he just disappears from that point on Um, and this is where we get our uh, climactic moment with Dean Sam and Lucifer so Lucifer is trying to summon death like the horseman yes. death. Um, mm-hmm. He the needs to do it. The second horseman that in, we've seen so far. There's, he's basically performing this ritual at midnight and he needs all these sacrifices and it has to be at a place of like great carnage or something like that. Um, it's, it's all, it's a, it's a whole big deal. Um, and Sam and Dean are now just here and it's very like a, a cult kind of, you know, the, they're under the moon. And and Lucifer's there with all these these demons just standing slack faced around him, like um like they're just worshiping him, and that's he's performing this strange ritual to summon death to earth. You know, that's why these reapers are here. Um but I I love that when Sam and Dean get there, Sam says any last yes. words. And yes. Dean, just, Dean just says, I think I'm good. Sam says I'm good. Yeah. Me too. Here goes nothing. That's Dean's thing. Like I just I love this, like I think that this is indicative of everything that the boys went through, obviously, since the beginning, but just everything they've gone through the last few episodes, especially the the breakup and then getting back together. And if things were different between the boys, Sam might be like, you know, oh, I'm sorry, Dean, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Dean would have been like, yep, well, we got to do this. But no, like they've they've accepted their fate. 
they're on good terms with each other. Um, they're they're coping with the loss of of Ellen and Joe, but they know that this is this is probably their last move. That's for all they know. This is their last move. This is the big one. Anything that comes after is just that's after. It's not this. So them not having anything to say is perfect. And Dean's line of "Here goes nothing" is perfect. It's such just a it's just a good Dean line. It's so simple, but here goes nothing. Like if we lose, we die. <laughs> if we win, probably still die. Like it, it, it's just this is it. Um, and then it's basically just Sam yelling, running out and yelling, like screaming it at Lucifer, like, Hey, you wanted to see me. Hey, Lucy, Hey, Lucy, come here. (laughs) I, uh, I very much like this exchange between Dean and Sam. Uh, it, it really feels like both of them aren't capable and know that they aren't capable of putting words to this thing that they're feeling and that words would cheapen anything that they, that Ellen and Joe did for them. So they're just Mm -hmm. like, Nope. You don't got anything to say. Uh, we're, we're good. I like the fact that this is a culmination and their, you know, their their ability to come to each other as a team. Like they're mm-hmm. they're this is this is the end result of that of them coming to this and being like, okay, we know what we got to do. We just got to do it. And they do the classic brother drop, right? The the, the double brother drop. They uh, yeah. Sam, <laughs> Sam runs out. Double brother bluff. <laughs> the double bro- double brother bluff. Um, Sam runs out and is like. Hey Lucy, what's up? And he and he's like, "Oh hey, what's up, Sam? I'm glad you're here." <laughs> and uh, th- they go back and forth a little bit, but it's all a distraction because Dean has snuck up on the fucking devil and gotten close mm-hmm. enough to put a bullet from the Colt in his head. Uh, and that's the end of the episode, and that's the end of the season. And uh, Monster of the Week. Doc- this has been a great podcast, Chris. I, <laughs> man, I wish I wish there was more to talk about, but I think we're done here. So um, I'm at JG Greer on Twitter. Uh, Monster of the Week. Cool. If you want to see the past episodes, we're not going to release anymore. So Lucifer stands back up and reveals <laughs> to the boys that he is one of five things in creation that the cult cannot kill. I don't know what the other four are. I'm guessing death is probably one of them. Probably yeah, God. Would, That's got to be another one. Yeah, death, God, Lucifer. I would also say Michael at this point. Like if I was just mm-hmm, guessing mm-hmm. for stuff, because um, I mean, I think uh, Lucifer. Definitely calls Michael his older brother, um, and it's. I would assume that if he can't kill Lucifer, it also wouldn't be able to kill Michael. So that's that's three right there. Death would be another one. That's four, and then like I'm I'm sure uh, something will be revealed later that maybe it can't kill. Um, although they do use some creative words to uh, say in creation, but we're not going to get into any of that. But yeah, he he stands right the fuck back up, and uh, I love the moment after Dean shoots him. Uh, he just he he falls to the ground, and they like look around like. Why isn't anything happening? <laughs> like, yeah. like they they fully expect some pyrotechnics, right? Like they fully expect like the world to end, basically. Uh, but it doesn't. He gets up and uh, he flings Dean to the side, and he's like, "Ow, my head!" The the weird like pentagram scar he has in between his forehead gets healed, and he's like, "Okay, now we can continue to get started." Yeah, um, they didn't. It just so much was built upon. I'm glad we didn't spend like multiple episodes focused on the cult they got the cult 45 minutes ago and now we realize yep. that it failed you know they're not wasting any time on this but it definitely worked for like the, the season and i'm glad they did it but um now we know lucifer is even more powerful than we ever thought it, he's more powerful than we ever thought uh and it's such a gut punch because the oh, wait, whole okay season- i'm sorry i'm sorry i just read i'm looking at my notes and lucifer says to sam you don't need that gun you know it never hurt you <laughs> Indeed says, well, I'd hurt you, so suck it. And that's what he oh, shoots that's, him in the head. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about the suck it line. Yeah, that's that's really good. Okay, um, okay. 
Um, I forgot what I was about to say. Lucifer so, is yeah. asking Sam to say Sam, yes in such yeah. a casual way. He's like, I don't suppose he's just going to say yes, right? Um, and I like this little detail. He's like, because if, if you don't say it now, I'm pretty sure you're going to say it in six months in Detroit, like kind of alluding mm-hmm. to that episode, uh, the end where we saw Dean go to the future. Yeah. Of course we know Sam had agreed to that in Detroit six months after whatever. Um, and Lucifer kind of lays out like what has been happening. So he, he's killed everybody in this town except every able-bodied man in order to basically sacrifice them all to summon death. And, um, he is going to do a ritual t- to kill the rest of them. Uh, Sam is, is getting really angry. He's like, I'm going to work to destroy you. I'm going to end you. And Lucifer says, yeah, yeah. Keep, keep stoking that fire in your belly, that rage. Like I'm, I'm going to need that. I'm going to need that when I take you over, when you say yes, I'm going to need that power. And, uh, that's scary. <laughs> like yeah. that Lucifer yeah. is so calm about, about this ultimate ending that he has in mind is kind of frightening. Yeah. And, um, he, he kind of, after revealing what he's done to these people, he says to Sam, you of all people should understand. Like, I had no choice. And this is, I mean, remember when Sam, like, drained that chick and drank her? Like, that was kind of bad. Uh, mm-hmm. he's, he's just poking at, at, at Sam's weakness, at all the shit, or all the weakness that made him do all of that awful stuff. Um, you of all people should understand. And um, he starts kind of drawing the parallels again. You know, you know, my brother betrayed me. He... I knew My what I had to brother do, but betrayed he me. Yeah. yeah, he wouldn't help me. You know, he called me a freak, a monster. Uh, literally quoting what Dean said to Sam. Like he, he's getting inside Sam's head here. Uh, he, he beat he's me down. No strings. I, I went yeah. to him for help, and he beat me down. Like that's such a powerful image, and it's something that we've seen between Sam and Dean so many times. And you know that's got to be fucking with Sam. Like you just know it is. Yeah. Even if he's trying to hold hold strong in the face of this of this angel, he, he you know it's just messing with him because it's. It's exactly the same thing, and he's he's been having to deal with this. And for as much as Sam and Dean have come together in season five, like there's still some emotions under the surface that they probably should mm-hmm. like have out at some point. Like they should probably yeah. have some conversations. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's not looking good for Sam. But I think that this is the time that uh, around the time that that Castillo, we see Castillo getting out of the circle. All the stuff with May. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I kind of put that earlier. Sorry about that. I, yeah. I was trying no, to that's, yeah. That's fine. Um, but yeah, that we, we see all of that. And I guess that makes sense for this to happen now where Castiel can't save them, right? Like this is kind of after stuff. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, Lucifer starts this ritual and he starts chanting and, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that this chanting is like the worst thing on this episode. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know if it's, it's Mark Pellegrino. I don't know if it's like the lines that they gave him, but it sounds so like Scooby-Doo that I, I can't even, it doesn't even sound like <laughs> Scooby-Doo. It sounds like, um, like Puppeteer 6. Like is what it sounds like, like a straight to cable yeah. sequel to the, the to the puppeteer movies. Um, it was like I, it just sounds I, I so don't, bad. I don't have I don't have anything in my notes about it. I have no like recollection of it. I was probably just completely tuning it out. It's really uh, it's really low and deep, like yeah. like it's that kind of stuff, and it's 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 like C three PO when he's doing voices to the Ewoks, like <laughs> sure, uh, yeah, yeah, the ridiculous version. <laughs> what I do like though is uh after he does all of this weird chanting, we start seeing the lights go out and the demons um as they are being sacrificed one by one. And uh that's a really cool effect. Like the yeah. they're just dropping and you kind of see that their soul is dying and going away. And uh Lucifer turns around and says, Oh, hello, death. 
and that's terrifying. <laughs> like that's super yeah. spooky and scary. Um, and yeah, that we go from there back to Bobby's house, and on the news is uh, these news reports about all of these horrendous catastrophes happening in, around Carthage, like hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, volcanoes. Like fucking somebody hit the SimCity city, like like destroy city button, <laughs> and just like brought yeah. Godzilla all up into that shit. Like it's it's not great. And uh, Sam and Dean and Bobby are standing there holding the photo that they took before uh, they all went out. And Bobby tosses it in the fire. It's kind of sad. Kind of. It's kind of sad. It's kind of. I don't. I'm. I'm not totally sure why Bobby did that, but it, it's yeah. It's a sad move. It's like all of that was for um, nothing because we couldn't kill Lucifer and they died. And like, it's kind of it's just a, a defeated move, I guess. I when I originally watched this, I, I thought, and I thought again when I was watching it this time that like uh, I don't want to remember them on that night. Like I want to remember them for sure. who they were before this. Um, I was this, you know, again, you know, you, you know, your boy Jeremy. He he loves to get some of that Wikipedia trivia out. And uh, <laughs> I, somebody wrote in this Wikipedia article. <clears throat> Many viewers express puzzlement as to why Bobby burned the picture at the end of the episode. It's likely due to the hunter's tradition of cremating their dead. Because Ellen and Jones' bodies were destroyed in the explosion, the picture served as proxy. Which tells me that this dude has no idea, whoever wrote this, has no idea what an explosion is, because it's mostly fire. (laughs) I guarantee you their bodies were cremated in this giant explosion that the boys rigged. But, you know, you you can believe whatever you want to about the photo, I guess. I don't care. Yeah, that's okay. All right. So, uh, uh, I guess just to kind of kind of to sum us up, like that that's the end of the episode. That's it. And it's yeah. a kind of a bummer of a note. Uh, I, I really, really enjoy these two episodes. It's weird that they're back to back. It's weird that we're covering them on the they're same episode so of the different. podcast. Yeah. They both have um, weirdly have a same, um, like the same amount of heart to them. Um, absolutely. Yeah. The, the, the convention episode, like it, it takes, the the show very seriously and very sincerely and it looks at it as if it is something that is good and that it's something worth enjoying and it's something that's worth loving and then they go and they say like remember how you 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 love this show well now we're going to make you feel that love in, in, in with this pain of losing these characters uh it's just like not to say that anybody would be happy that Joe and Ellen are dying but these episodes are very much for the fans of the show you know it's 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 not fan service to kill your characters, but it's, they're not, they're not dealing with strangers. It's dealing with fan favorite characters. Um, sure. It's all, it's all serious. It's all just, it's taking the show and the universe that they've created very seriously and just doing shit with it. Um, and it, it's, it's kind of wrapping you in that cold, that cold embrace of death. Uh, but, but it's, it's, it's all well-earned. Like you, you, you just said that like, it's, it's dealing with the seriousness of the universe that it's created and it's doing serious things with it. And it, and it absolutely is Joe and Ellen, like this doesn't feel like a cheap death for these characters. And it's again, just, just want to call out six fucking episodes. This is the sixth episode they were on. And like, you've got me weeping over a character's death. Like they've earned this. Like it feels good. That doesn't feel good, but you you know what I'm saying when I say that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's a disappointment, and uh, it's a and it's this is a trend that Supernatural is going to do for quite some time of killing off their female characters, and it's it is a disappointment. I want to see more women in media. I want to see you know more women actresses. I want to see more women do it do everything. I so it, seeing this is kind of a bummer, but man, like it gives these dudes 
such a like it it changes the tone of this entire fight because they really haven't lost anybody right like since ash it's always just which was them two seasons losing ago each other it's just sam exactly. or dean dies it's always a winchester it's always a winchester paying for the winchester mistakes and now we're getting to see other people and this is going to pay this is going to go out because like remember the the history with um ellen's uh what do you call a, a dude widow? It's Sheesh. Ellen's husband who died, whatever. Yeah. Um, like it was John Winchester that wasn't able to save him. So now we get that replayed out with Sam and Dean and with Ellen and Joe. Like it's, it's the Winchesters constantly making the same mistakes that their dad has made. And it's something that's like, I think we're going to continue to see played out. And it's something that's going to always fuck with Dean. Like, I don't think Dean mm-hmm. throughout the series. And again, w- the listeners know that we haven't finished the entire thing, right? We're, we're a couple of seasons behind, but it's something that I don't think Dean is ever going to let go of. It's something that's going to be messing with him for a while. And as much as I love Joe and as much as I love Ellen, I feel like this is a, like a, like this is good. Like this is a solid fucking writing. Like, and again, going back to it, it's earned. Like it doesn't feel cheap. It doesn't feel like they were just killing people off for the shock and awe of it. Right. And it's not like the, uh, they're not fridging them. They don't become the reason why why Sam and Dean do what they do to give them man pain. They were just other hunters who the boys failed. Um, it's just, I mean, I guess it is man pain, but it's not something that they drag around with them like that. It's it, it is earned. It just it feels like this is this is what happens. This is the consequence for their actions. This is what happens when you when you disobey the angels and the demons and. And get in the middle of a war between heaven and hell. Your friends are going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not, you just can't say no and be protected because you're the Michael sword, right? Like, other right. people are go- around you are going to die because of your decisions. And it's something that, I think you're right, like, I, think, I don't think that they're going to wallow in this. But it's going to color the rest of the seasons, uh, mm-hmm. all of their actions. It's going to color all of their decisions. And it's something that uh, is it is a like rightfully a mid season finale. Like this was a blow. Like this just, was these these were two fan favorites, right? Like and to right. take them off the, the the board after putting them back together. Like when I saw this for the first time, I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Like they're finally bringing Ellen and Joe back. Like I can't wait to see ten episodes of this and to have that ripped away. I was like, "Ah, oh, you fuckers! I hate you. Yeah. This sucks." <laughs> and it's not uh it's not as if Sam and Dean are the ones who chose to fight the apocalypse and other people died because of it because. They're the ones in the know about the apocalypse, but Ellen and Joe decided to fight too. They decided to not sit back while the shit was going down. Um, they they died fighting, and they di- they chose to fight. They didn't they didn't choose to follow Sam and Dean. They chose to be a part of it, and I think that that's important for their characters. God, what just two fucking great episodes! Like, yeah, and you you mentioned that both of these have a, a a weird amount of heart, like a similar amount of heart, and like going back to those like those dudes that look up to Sam and Dean that give Dean that confidence and that feeling of 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 rightness in what he's doing is something strong, and then having something like this happen on that same path, like you know, uh, it's it's really easy to make comparisons to the Dark Tower here, right? Like to that Dean is, is the Roland of this quartet or, or what have you, and that, and that he, people are going to follow along the way. Um, I, hopefully the people that made that movie first and foremost, but hopefully, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I just, man, I, 
to have these two episodes side by side, for one to be a comedic episode that barely ties into the mythology, besides like uncovering a plot hole, um, which I didn't mention when we when we talked about it. But man, I I love the fact that like the books contain stuff that didn't happen in in like their lives so much. Like that's yeah. such a great <laughs> touch. Um, and then you have an episode that's extremely mythology heavy that, that you know is all into this characters and the world that we're building in this universe and for it to end like this and it just does it just ends like the picture birds and then they cut to credits and that's it it's it's something special chris it really is um supernatural is a uh a, sh- a pretty good show um, it's it's okay i like it and- it's okay yeah, this is this is peak supernatural. This is as good as it gets, and and it's and goddamn it, it's good. It's great. Um, I think that's it. Do you have anything we, we want to yeah. say? Do you have any any finishing lines? I, I think we've I think we about covered it. Well, let's get out of here. It's it's late o'clock at night, and uh, we we we, <laughs> we need to go to bed. We need to rest our, our heads on some pillows so that we can go to sleep. Listeners, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, it means a lot to us. If you want to support the show, uh, just listening is fine. We, we, we love you. You know, Let us know if you like the show. Let us know if you have questions. Let us know if you have uh, things we, you want us to talk about. I'll, I'll save them and I'll keep them on a document at the, uh, our feedback episodes. We'll, we'll talk about it. If you want to support the show directly, leaving iTunes reviews, telling your friends, uh, or actually maybe donating some cash and letting us unlock some goals so that we can do more stuff at patreon.com slash monster of the week would be extremely awesome. Uh, you can find the podcast on Twitter at MOTWcast. Monsteroftheweek.cool has all of the links for that. Chris, where are you at on Twitter? I'm at Local Bones on Twitter. Yeah, you are. Yes, you are. You're always there. Uh, <laughs> I'm at JG Greer. You can find all of our other podcasts and stuff that we do on those Twitter sites. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week with another two excellent episodes of Supernatural. Well, well, well. Oh, no, your mic is not responding. What are we going to do? I bet I bet I could just record this entire podcast with what I think that you would say about the episodes. That sounds like it'd be a good time. Yep, I agree. Strong. A strong opinion about Dean in there, right there. Um specifically in regards to Sam and his emotions about his family. I think that's a really good point. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've I've really, I've not, I've not really heard anything that insightful about supernatural before, not even on this podcast. Like this is, this is really good. Where where are you getting this information from? Fucker. Can you hear me? (laughs) Hey, Hey, Chris, what's up? All I, all I fucking did was mute it and unmute it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I know. That's why I said fix your mic. What the fuck? I was just going to pretend to um, do the podcast without you, so I was just responding. I heard you. I, I know. Really good points. <laughs> I have my headphones in. Do you? All right. I was. Yeah, I could hear you. I just couldn't speak because Discord um, was being lame. So I got a new. Uh, I got a new. What's it called? Uh, pop filter. Ooh. Uh, it's one of those like little condom ones go over the top. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
So it just makes me want to like 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 be all like ASMRJ. Uh, <laughs> just Hello, don't be don't be taking my outtake bits. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I don't talk about the Witcher. You don't do ASMR. I think this is a good trade off. <laughs> <laughs> You were just trying to follow the way of the Bushido. Like you were just trying to follow that like, path. Literally, I'm. <laughs> you were not able to. I'm. I'm just doing what's like true to my like my Bushido yeah. way. And like anybody who who gets between me and my Bushido, I mean, there's really only one solution to that. Um, you got to carefully, very carefully sidestep them so that you don't anger them. I don't. I don't know anything about the Bushido, Chris. What is the only solution to that? No, you must. You you have to. You, you have cut to cut them down. Them down? Really? really? The only way. <laughs> Any man who gets between you and your bushido, yeah, that seems it's the way of the sword. That seems extreme. Can we talk it out? Can we have a conversation? Bushido, bushido is an extreme way of life. So, so much for the tolerant bushido, huh, Chris? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Listen, I didn't decide that I was a vegetarian. Okay, that's not my way. I, I decided that that I was a bushido warrior. Um, do I know martial arts? No. Okay. Do I know how to wield a sword? No. I, mean, I assume but, that you're teaching yourself you know, now that ideals. you have a sword that is as tall as you are. <laughs> is that is that what ha- is it, what is happening? Yes. 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 I've seen the pictures that you take oh, of your uh, that, of your figs, and so I I can only assume that outside mm-hmm. like your house or your apartment that you're um like you have a, a big grassy field. Are you just out there in like a a bushido coat? I don't know what you call these things, like a like a bushido <laughs> gi or whatever. Just practicing practicing yeah, your stances, a, like yes. your your forms. Yeah. Are they called forms? Is that what's is that what's happening? There, yeah. Uh, the cops keep showing up, so it's been it's been a little bit difficult to get anything done, any of my real practice in. Um, so I'm not really sure why they keep showing Who up. Who is narking like, on your bushido time? Who's narking on my bushido? <laughs> that's um, a sentence that's definitely been said before. That's what I want to know. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> oh man, I would I would pay. Quit narking on my bushido. I would pay um, no more than twenty dollars to watch like an hour of you practicing your forms tai chi style with your big giant sword and your bushido <laughs> coat on in your backyard. <laughs> Make it a make it a Patreon goal. I'll embarrass sure. myself. Sure, yeah, buddy. of course. So we did all that. We pl- we played for a while. I was introduced to them, and we had we had some fun with that. And uh, I was in I was in costume. Um, everybody else was just in like you know Sunday morning sweatpants hanging out. Uh, but I was in, <laughs> I w- was wearing a my ranger cloak. Ra- you know, your, just... your customized ranger cloak. Ranger cloak. Yeah. Which I can that only I assume is embroidered with like that uh I don't know what your middle name is, but like that that embroidered initial style. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the... definitely. Definitely. <laughs> my, well, my middle name is Aragorn, so Oh, I oh okay. That. So good. <laughs> that really works out for you. Um It does. Yeah. I I ask, I ask everyone to call me that. Yeah. Um Okay, well, so I'll refer to you as Aragorn that. for the rest of the podcast. Um, in fact, Thank you. When, when we get around to doing the intro, I want you to say that I'm Aragorn Mosher. I'm Aragorn, son of Arathorn. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's something having to do with like the Underdark, where like the... I don't know if you know anything about Forgotten Realms. Um, A lot. Where all... Like, the <laughs> actually, actually, I only know two things about them. <laughs> do you want to guess oh, what they are? <laughs> Are they forgotten? Uh huh. And their realms. Yep. Bingo. You nailed it. Good okay. job. 
not only was she like full on like cold symptoms all weekend, but her horse was also in Baton Rouge, like in danger of dying. So Jesus. Um is there a resolution? Uh horse is fine. Um I, I I can show you a really bloody picture of the horse if you'd like to. It's really I, it's really it's intense. I don't want to I don't want to see that. Okay, cool. Um then I won't I won't send that to you, don't worry about it. Um uh, especially not Thank like you. by surprise I, or anything. Um <laughs> she sent me uh this wasn't but this it didn't happen this weekend like this the she the horse injured her like leg and it's led to all of these problems um but uh, several weeks ago she sent me a picture and it was like pretty gruesome and she was like hey do you think this is too bad for twitter and i was like yeah absolutely it's too bad for oh twitter please don't do that um but i have a mac and like i have that text message i have like messages on my mac right so i can just like for my laptop like mm-hmm. text message people or whatever so like a day goes by and i go and i like i wake up at six o'clock in the morning and i'm like i'm gonna get my cup of coffee i'm gonna sit down for my computer i'm gonna open it up i'm gonna edit a podcast and oh my god that's a bloody horse leg oh my god <laughs> oh my god like it was the first thing that i saw that, that morning and it was yeah. it was not good i didn't i didn't dig it Fuck. Fuck my head. Ah. What's the matter? I don't know. I keep getting this weird like twitch right in my forehead. It's been happening for like three hours now. That's not weird. good. Have you had a lot of caffeine today? It's, um, I don't think more than normal. When's the last time you masturbated? Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna weird it WebMD you for a little I while. <laughs> I don't think it's I don't think it's been recent enough to affect my head. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, you never know. Like sometimes you gotta let the poison out, Chris. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Live incoming feedback. Are you ready for this? Yeah, we have some feedback. Uh, our friend Sneasel. Artemis5001 on Twitter was reading the IMDb recap on the eps you covered in Friday's Monster of the Week. Synopsis of Fallen Idols has quote, Sam stares down wax Abraham Lincoln both have perfect skin. (laughs) (laughs) That's very good. Why is this happening to my head? You still feeling bad, bro? I can, I can feel it. The vein, it's like the vein. It's twitching. I could just, I could felt the twitch. I, I like hate it. that. Like my eye does that every once in a while, and I just, yeah, cannot that's, stand that's it. exactly what this feels like. Exactly what this feels like when it's in my head and there's like pressure when it happens. I hope I'm not having an aneurysm. I'm probably not. You're definitely not. <laughs> You're <laughs> definitely not. just trust, just trust WebMD over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or as Jeremy WebMD. Or as I like your... to call it, WebJG.com. Just go to WebJG.com yes. to yeah. figure out all of your symptoms. You know what, what Internet? What call you before? Uh, just go ahead and text me whatever medical uh, problems you're having, and I'll let you know what you need to do about them. It's probably masturbate. <laughs> it's either masturbate or go see a real doctor. It's one of the two yeah. answers. Or in some rare cases, hey, masturbate and then go see a doctor. Wash your hands and then go see a doctor. Wash your hands and then go see the doctor. Don't and don't tell him or her. Yeah, f- unless they ask. Like I feel like you can leave unless all of they your, ask. Yeah. unless it's pertinent. <laughs> unless they find it pertinent, not you. <laughs> yeah, it's up to them. <laughs> it's definitely up to them. Actually, you know what? Just don't talk about masturbating unless you're Web Actually, and J, yeah, maybe... or unless you're a PhD. <laughs> Those are the two. Or you, or you know what? 
Just right. Maybe maybe do it after. Now that now that you think of it, yeah. Just wait till you get home from the doctor. Wait till after this podcast. Like you're. This is probably going to be in the outtake, so you've probably got like four or five minutes left of the episode. So just just wait, and then like after you're done, call the doctor and see if you can schedule an appointment. I think that's the best thing to do. Yeah. yeah. You're probably you probably got something you need to have looked at anyway. What? So you can't think of it now. Uh, you know what? I was I was just about to say don't masturbate to this podcast, but I think you covered it by saying you probably have something that needs to be looked at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. Great. I'm glad that we've got that cleared up. Sure. <clears throat> Let's do a podcast. I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Aragorn, son of Arathorn. <laughs> this is Monster <laughs> of the Week. A creepy but necessary podcast where me and Arathorn I will reclaim the throne of Gondor. Every episode of the TV show Supernatural. Wait, okay. I'll do a real one now. Oh, really? You wanna, you wanna, okay, you wanna, okay, we can redo it. <clears throat> um, oh shit, hold on for a second. Okay. I'm just googling other Lord of the Ring characters. <laughs> 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 Hold on. I'm uh, Boromir Greer. <laughs> what is Boromir's father's name? Oh, God, I hope this Denethor. is... Denethor. Oh, this is definitely a link. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Sean Denethor or something like that. Sean, Sean Bean. <laughs> this is. You know that that's the actor and not the character's name. Oh. Um, no, what's Boromir's father's name? I'm pretty sure it's Denethor. Tolkien? That's the... Guy who wrote Lord of the Rings, Jeremy. Um, uh, born to the third age to Denethor the second, and yeah, okay, thank Fendu- you, Fendulus, daughter of Adrahil of Dol Amroth. Younger brother, all moms Farbeer in Lord of the Rings are dead. Was so. born, yeah, no moms. <laughs> There's no, there's no moms in there's Lord no of the Rings. Moms. I never thought None. about. Is that true? Are there other no moms in Lord of the Rings? Name one mom. Can't do it. I mean, I, I can't even name one Sean Bean. So, like, naming one mom is going to be pretty hard for me. I know that that Samwise Gamgee gets married at the end of the movies and has kids. To what's her name? Daisy. It's not Daisy. It's Rosie. He gets married to Rosie, whatever Hobscotch um, from fucking Bag End, and they have they have kids. So that's one mom. But that's after. Like, that's oh. after the War of the Ring. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. I'm, uh... I'm reading... There was a short piece... Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no. Sacrifice. So this chick is dead, too. Never mind. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. Yeah, that, that checks out. Uh, <laughs> there's apparently uh, a, a story, a short story about Gilrian, Aragorn's mother. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, to understand Gilrian's tragic history, we have to go back in time during the Third Age, right back to the beginning, 3,019 mm-hmm. 3, years before the Lord of the Rings. Excuse sure. me? <laughs> Wait. She was, I mean. Which one is Aragorn? I, I thought he was the human guy. Yeah, well, he's one of the, like, the Dunedain. He, you know, they live it, for like a super long time. They're like, they're kind of like men, but they're like a little bit better than men. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I do, actually. I know exactly what you're saying. They're kind <laughs> of like men. Okay, let's go uh, images for moms in Lord of the Rings. Let's see what this is going to pull mm-hmm, up. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, I I did this to myself. That's all I got to say. 
I was ready to record, but I did it. I did it to myself. I was trying to have a goof. Hold on, hold on. I got, I got your Christmas present coming up right here. Oh, sick! For uh, little Chris. I don't know if little Chris is on the way yet. I'm assuming so. But uh, if you need something for little Chris, oh, Jesus, stop it! <laughs> you need something for wee Chris. Oh my God, my mom's a witch. And my, and my dad's a muggle. That makes me the half blood princess. This is awful. Get it yes. out of my face. I love it. I love it. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, no, no, Chris. Man, why are all these nerds buying their kids shitty clothing? I'm going to have to go back and put like all of these in the show. My notes. mom's a nerd. And one day she will teach me all about the one ring, the boy who lived in the ways of the force. <laughs> I need to go and throw up. You need because to, the font choice for all of those. Yeah, it's 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 not great. Um, there's not a lot of great images if you Google moms in Lord of the Rings. So that's because there's like fucking there's no moms, none. I mean, there's there's like two female characters, and maybe maybe they go on to have children. What I, mean, is, I bet Tolkien wrote that down, but what is uh what is Liv Tyler's deal? She's I'm assuming She's I'm Arlen. assuming that Lord of the Rings takes place before the trilogy of Aerosmith movies that she was in with um, Alicia Silverstone. Yeah. Is that is that accurate? Yeah. Or does she yeah. leave? Because I know she was kind of a rebel in those three videos, but does she does she rebel she, against her dad and then go live with the elves in Lord of the Rings? Well, so that's <laughs> it's kind of like a uh, it's kind of like an alternate history because because Arwen chooses. To to stay, she doesn't go onto the white ships uh, to sail to uh, to Valinor to you know live forever with the elves. That's that's the the Aerosmith timeline is the one where she does go um, to with the elves to wherever they're going, Valinor, uh, and that's when she has her rebellious thing with Steven Tyler, and you know it's the whole thing. Okay, okay, but also I think it's interesting we're we're talking about moms in Lord of the Ring, and Liv Tyler's mom in either Lord of the Rings or the Aerosmith trilogy of videos it does not appear. Is that accurate? Uh, I feel yeah, that's accurate. I don't think I've ever seen Arwen's mom. I've seen uh, Arwen's dad, Elrond. That guy's got like forehead for days. He's got a lot. Of, is that a that's a agent? Uh, whatever from the yes. Matrix, right? Agent. I yes. can't remember forty nine or something. Smith. Agent Smith. No, no that's no. Agent Smith, Smith sounds good. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I saw The Matrix when I was like 12, and I've never seen it again, so... The Matrix is probably the movie that I've seen the most in the theater. Oh, interesting. I saw it like the- eight or nine times. <laughs> oh, wow. It just it just hit at the right time for me, man. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. For sure. No, <laughs> like, for that, sure. I was 18 in 1998, right? Like, I was... <laughs> that was just the right time for that movie to hit me. Yeah, and you're like, yo, fuck me up. Keanu. Yeah, please. Come on. I am ready for this alternate reality of techno and Rage Against the Machine that you were presenting to me. And yo, Trinity? What a dope name. <laughs> yeah, Trinity? I'm ready for the new millennium. Keanu, take me there. Maybe I should search for Lord of the Rings moms. Alright, we need to do this podcast. I'm not going to spoil it. But uh, one of the episodes that we're going to cover today has some really great Lord of the Rings trivia at the end that I am excited to read to you. I was gonna, I was gonna leave that as a little surprise, but since we're here now, I thought I'd kind of just get, just you what? know, put a little bait on that what? hook. What? All right, let's do this. I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris. 
and this is Monster of the Week, a creepy but necessary podcast about the TV show Supernatural, uh, where we cover um, all the episodes of the said show. Uh, <laughs> of what show? You, what what's, of what, what the, show are we doing? Of Supernatural. Okay. Of, of CW's uh-huh. The Supernatural. Sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, let's do this. Let's do this. Bobby is the... Uh, Historian of the group, I guess you would say. Oh God, I have the hiccups. <clears throat> I'm gonna need to take a break. I got the hiccups, and I it's can't. Cool. I hate that. <clears throat> Just take some deep breaths. I guess you're a grown man. You could probably figure out how to get rid of your hiccups on your own. You don't need me to tell you. Um, but just keep keep that steady breathing. That's what I always do. That's what I always tell Jess when she gets the hiccups. Just keep breathing normally. Just listen to the sound of my voice until you get so angry that your hiccups go away. I hope you didn't die. I hope you just stepped away from the mic. Who's going to edit the podcast if I lose you? <clears throat> okay, I think I'm good. I don't uh, I don't okay. take deep breaths. I hold my breath and count to 500 by fives. That's my trick on hiccups. 500 by fives? That's so complicated. That's probably why it <laughs> works, huh? Yeah, but you go. You try, the, the goal is to go as fast as possible, so it's not actual seconds. You're like, because you just want to give your brain something to work on while you're holding your breath. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember mm-hmm. a trick that somebody did in uh, middle school to me. Like it was like a teacher was like, "What was the last time Sw- you swirlies, saw swirlies don't cure hiccups, Chris?" <laughs> no, it was a teacher. No, no, no. <laughs> um, no. She asked me when the last time I saw a white horse was, and I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And I was just like thinking about it for a while. I was like, "I don't know," and then I just didn't have hiccups anymore because I had been thinking about it for so long. That's so. She asked you to find her heroin, and then you got so confused she that said, you didn't have the hiccups anymore. She said, "Chris, when was the last time you got your rocks off?" Uh, and I said, Is "Yeah, that? when was the last time you that's chased that a, dragon?" And I said, "That's not an innuendo <laughs> for a, for drug use, yeah. is it?" Let's uh, let's take a break and so I can get some more water, and then we'll come back and finish this episode. Okay, okay. be right back. All right. The thing about the thing about Boromir, son of Denethor, a uh, uh, steward of Gondor, is that. Obviously, you guys know this, that in the theatrical cut of Lord of the Rings, I feel like Boromir doesn't get quite as much of a chance uh, to, to redeem himself. We don't get any of his scenes later on in uh, Return of the King. But, he, you know, Boromir was, was, he was man, you know? Aragorn is of the Dunedain, or Dunedain. I don't really know how to pronounce it, because uh, it's fancy, like, kind of elf talk. So it's a little bit, you know, it's, it's tricky for me. Um, but he's, he's got the blood of kings. Aragorn is an exceptional man. He's better than all of us. You know, I give hope to men, keep them for myself. It's one of his quotes. Uh, but, you know, Boromir, he is what he is, what it means to be man. And he tries really hard and he fails. You know, he's seduced by the ring. It's not easy. And, and, and he pays for it. And he redeems himself. But I feel like Boromir gets a bad rap because he tried to take the ring from Frodo. But, like, who, who among us can say that they wouldn't do the same thing? You know? Just, we don't have a st- the stout heart of a dwarf, Gimli. Or the, or the wisdom of the elves, like Legolas. You know? Um, or again, just like the, the, the kindness and the, and the grace of Aragorn, uh, we, we are blessed with those things. 
So I just think that you guys need to give Boromir another shake and Sam Winchester. Elrond, that guy's got like forehead for days.